Well, 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 my friends. How are we tonight? Tonight, I'm the best show. The best show. This is the best show. How about that? My name's Tom Sharpling. We've got an exciting program planned for you tonight. We've got uh, Julie Klausner is going to uh, check in in a little bit. We've got uh, the topic tonight is uh, it's uh, basically crimes against showbiz. Crimes against showbiz, and these are the things. What we're going to do is you think of movies or songs or TV shows with lovable characters, seemingly lovable characters, or or the, or at least the the uh, the stars of something. And what actual crimes are they committing in the course of their song? Whether it be like Sweet Little Sixteen or. Ferris Bueller during his day off. And then we're going to talk to a lawyer a couple times during the show. And she's going to tell us what crimes they committed and uh, what they would be sentenced to. You got that, Mike? AP Mike is here, the call screener of the best show. Who doesn't love AP Mike? Popular character on the show. Played by AP Mike. Played by a guy named Mike. The character AP Mike. So we're going to have a fun show. The phone number 201-332-3484. And my friends, I want to tell you that tonight's episode of The Best Show uh, is brought to you by uh, Kensington Books. And there's a book out now called No One Needs to Know by author Kevin O'Brien. Let me ask you, what secret is worth killing for? Again and again? Find out! In No One Needs to Know, the latest electrifying thriller from New York Times best-selling author, Kevin O'Brien. Taking inspiration from the infamous Charles Manson murders of 1969 and the darkest urban legends of Hollywood, No One Needs to Know is a fictional tale that follows the murder of a young actress... A cult's mass suicide, a cursed movie production, a relentless stalker, and two women who work in a food truck. No one needs to know is available everywhere. Books are sold. Learn more at KevinO'BrienBooks.com or at KensingtonBooks.com. That sounds like a book I would read. No one needs to know. I'm going to find out more about it. You should, too. Now, without further ado, I give you the best show the best show.
Welcome to another installment of The Best Show. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of The Best Show. Brought to you each and every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. until midnight Eastern Standard Time. And I know some people are like, I'll get these emails once in a while and somebody will be like, uh, it's not Eastern Standard Time after, uh, after, uh, Daylight Savings earlier. It's like, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to be willfully, uh, willfully, uh, uh, ignorant on that one. EST, we call it. What, what am I, what am I running a, a, a watch shop? I'm supposed to make adjustments and things like that. What am I, a kindly old clock? Is this Hugo? Making clocks over here? Did they make clocks in Hugo? I think so. I think that was like a, it was like a clock, kindly old clock maker or something. I can't remember. Scorsese's best, Hugo. Nah, I can't watch you. I, that's, that's one that you see. It's like, yeah, I saw, okay, I saw Hugo. I did my, my, uh, my fair share here with the thing. The, and it was like a uh, love of old movies or something. I don't know. I don't love old movies. That's my problem with it. It's like, oh, these old movies. Tribute to the movie with the robot going, the, the man on the, the face on the moon or whatever, the one where the rocket lands on the moon and it's the face. It's like, I don't know, it's imp- very important that that was the first movie, I guess. I thought Mel Ott's Sneeze was the first movie. Remember that? Mel Ott's Sneeze? This guy Mel Ott, he sneezed. Some dude filmed him. And can I also say I don't I don't buy the whole thing where, you know, everybody's like, yeah, they showed a movie in a theater and it was a train going toward the camera and everybody got up and ran. That must have been a pretty stupid crowd full of people. You actually thought you came to the thing, you knew it, there's, there's no train station around when you came to this movie theater. And then a, mo- a train came at the screen and you suddenly... Thought a train was going to run you down? I don't know, man. That sounds like straight up fiction to me. Everybody ran. They were scared. That might have been. That's some, that's some dumb people, man. They knew. They, I, 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 I did three people probably took the bait on that. Three like old people who at that point might have been from the 1700s. You're talking 1700s at that point, right? Bring Grandpappy, right? Grandpappy, you take him to the movies. Grandpappy might have been born in 1798. Yeah, he'll fall for it. There's a guy, the things he's seen, sliced bread hasn't even been invented yet. Things Grandpappy saw get invented? And now uh, we're supposed to uh, we're supposed to uh, to, to pretend that uh, that 
anybody beside him would fall for the the train coming at the movie screen. Boy, those movies must have been bad back then. You imagine how bad you go to the movie theater and you watch uh like the idea that the idea that like Laurel and Hardy was like old-timey like he was like it was like Star Wars for old-timey people, right? The idea of these two uh buffoons pushing a piano up a hill or whatever they did. I only know about Laurel and Hardy through what I learned from the show The Comedians. So it's them like 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 that must have been mind-blowing. Watching them shove a piano up a hill. Not like now, man. Our minds get blown every day. The things we see. Right? You put a thing, you see a dog running against a fence with a deer. You got a... Got other videos, you got dogs putting on hats and... Right? Every day. The dog videos alone... Could drive one to the brink of of uh, of uh, uh, sweet insanity. Speaking of sweet insanity, we heard some great music. La Luz. They have a new album out. It's called Weirdo Shrine, and it's on Hardly Art, and it's great. And I've just started listening to it, and I already love it. And the name of that song was Hey Poppy. I love it. La Luz. L-A-L-U-Z. And Hardly Art is the label. And you got to check all their stuff out. They, they're on a hot streak, man. Hardly Art. That Colleen Green record. The second La Luz album. I'm on board, man. And starting us off. Yeah, we played it once before. Now we played it again. The song's so nice, we played it twice. That's what you do in the summer. When you got a summertime hit, you play it. Karoma, the name of the band. The name of the album is Karoma Rama. You know this guy, Will Berman. He's in uh, MGMT. Played on uh, Congratulations, one of the best albums uh, of the last 15 years. But this is his new band, man. And this song was called 20 Plus Centuries. It's the good stuff. You don't mess around with Karoma. I'm on board. I'm on board. So we're going to give tickets away for the uh, Sharpling and Worcester live shows tonight. We're giving tickets away for the Sharpling and Worcester live shows. So I'm going to give a pair of tickets away for each city. How about that? A pair for Seattle, a pair for Portland, a pair for San Francisco, and a pair for Los Angeles. You get those tour dates, you go to Stereo Laughs, which is stereo, L-A-F-F-S, dot com, slash tour, 
And you look at those dates, the end of March, uh, end March, the end of August and beginning of September, Sharpling and Worcester take on the West Coast. So you get your tickets. But if you want to try to win the tickets, and look, it's going to be hard to win these tickets. So just buy them. Don't be a cheapo. Just buy them. Well, you got your, your, uh, your short arms and long pockets. Once in a while, throw some money at something for once in your, in your life. How do you win these tickets? You, uh, you go on Twitter. And you tweet at Sharpling. But you also tweet at AP Mike. And you gotta, you, my, AP Mike's gonna pick the winners of the tickets tonight. So you gotta get AP Mike, you gotta convince him and say which city you, uh, you want, uh, tickets for. What you wanna be in the running for. You say which city you're looking for. And AP Mike will, at the end of the show, determine the winners from each city. At Sharpling, at AP Mike. These are Sharpling and Worcester tickets being given away for each of the four dates we will be performing. Seattle at Numos on August 20... 27th. 27th, right? Here we go. Here's the dates. Sharpling and Worcester playing Thursday, August 27th. Seattle, Washington at Numos. Saturday, August 29th. Portland, Oregon at the at Doug Fur. Thursday, September 3rd. San Francisco at Great American Music Hall. And Saturday, September 5th. Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater. You get those tickets over at Stereolaughs.com. I'm telling you. Well, I know one of these shows is pretty much sold out. And other ones, the shoes, the 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 the, the, the dominoes are going to start dropping, right, Mike? And you want those tickets? You tell AP Mike on Twitter. You, you got he'll he's gonna he's the arbiter of it. It's a dance. You got to dance for AP Mike. Boy, that's a that's a sad state of affairs. Oh boy, I'm being told to go to the hotline because we have a, uh, uh, a powerful uh, super guest, is what it's called. <laughs> Not just a normal guest, it's a super guest. Uh, I'm being told Julie Klausner. <laughs> wow. Julie Klausner is on the line. Hi, is that- How are you, Julie? I'm good, but it's a super guest. It's a super guest. Well, you are a super guest because. I, okay. Within a matter of hours, right? Hours. It went from. Wait. Months yep. to weeks to days to hours now. <laughs> Before your show, Difficult People. Our show. Our show. Me in America. You in America. So you're sharing it with, you consider America the co-owner of the show now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that laugh, that one was too far. I'm so tired. I'm sure you're tired. You're on every TV show. I turn on the TV and I see you. You're there with uh, Andy Cohen, and then you're there with uh, Larry. I'm there with Andy Kindler at Montreal. You were? No, No, you weren't at that thing. No, I wasn't there. The state of the. uh, I don't. I don't have one of them new faces. 
Well, he doesn't have a new face. He just goes up and does his uh, state of the Stick. industry. His shtick. His shtick, yes. But every time I turn on the TV, it's Julie Klausner. <laughs> Julie Klausner's on ha- Kathy Lee and Hoda. Julie Klausner's on with Larry Wilmore. Julie Klausner's here. Julie Klausner's there. It sounds like you're complaining. I'm not. I'm in awe. I can't it's believe KTV. it's happening. It's KTV. It, it's KTV. Klausner <laughs> yeah. TV. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's what KTV stands for. Wait, what does it stand for? What am I missing here? Cake. Oh, you, gay TV? No, cake. Cake TV. Yeah. Like, like, like the band cake? <laughs> They're so good. Well, you are like the band cake because you're bonomp, bonomp, bonomp. You're going, going the distance. The distance. <laughs> so, so you have a show called Difficult People and it airs on Hulu, starting in. When you, let me put it in terms that friends of Tom Mm -hmm. will appreciate and understand and respect. When you go off the air tonight at midnight, you're going to hand me the the baton? The scepter. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then at 12.01, it will be live on Hulu's uh, website. Yes. People can watch Difficult People, which is a show starring <laughs> you and Billy Eichner. Now, Billy yeah. Eichner, people know from Billy on the Street, and people yeah. know you from... from uh, JulieKlausner.com. From JulieKlausner.com or JulieKlausner.tumblr.com. <laughs> or... <laughs> So many, <laughs> or at yeah. Julie Klausner, but this show, this show is the one where you did all of. It. You wrote every every episode of this thing. I wrote, uh, yeah, but people helped. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, it takes a village. It takes a village, but still, the buck stopped with the Klaus on this one. KTV, I mean, that's our philosophy here at KTV. Yeah. I want a girl with a short skirt <laughs> and a long jacket. Wow, you, re- you are exhausted. I'm so tired, but I'm so happy I get to talk to you. I'm so happy. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you have a, a criminal attorney yeah, in uh, in proximity to the studio, and that makes me uh, nervous. Well, <laughs> it comes down to we're trying to figure out different things that people sh- that re- they like what they would be found guilty of. Like Ferris Bueller, he's stealing a car. He's well, I mean, just the last like ten minutes of Ferris Bueller when he's like like breaking and entering and running through yards and so forth. Yeah, just trespassing. And, um, and, but the other things he's like stolen identity, right? Doesn't he like, he's like impersonating the sausage king. First of all, that guy must not have <laughs> loved being that he, he ambushes a parade with no permit. Um, so he just, I, I'm curious to see what he should be, uh, locked up. I can't for. wait. I can't wait. That is a brilliant topic. And I also like picturing every crime objectively. Crime that you've described being perpetuated as 
Matthew Broderick today because when he was in the movie, he was real cute. Mm-hmm. But imagine like Matthew Broderick as he looks today running through your home. Yeah. With slower. Yeah. That song. Man, that ska really. Remember when that ska got us moving back then? Oh, yeah. Remember Yellow? Yeah, Yellow and. Was music. Yellow a ska band? No, Yellow was a, uh, Yellow was a band that was run by a bunch of these German, uh, goofballs who, mm-hmm. they had this one idea that they were gonna play Madison Square Garden but only sell like 150 tickets to it. And then they could say that they sold out Madison Square Garden. Oh my and god. And then they were gonna put out an album like, like, Yellow live at Madison Square Garden, like sold out. Like, so they were pranksters. They were the original. They were the yes they were, men. They were improv everywhere. That's my German accent. Yeah, they they were improv. They were the German improv. They were the German proto improv everywhere. Yeah, I like that they left the W off the end of their name. Yeah, they. Well, they. It's maybe that's how it's just spelled in German. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I from from what I heard in Hebrew school, they were just. <laughs> they were just Nazis that couldn't get into South America. So, so the guys from Yellow, yeah, were the first Nazis turned away. Yeah, because they were they were full, and one okay. of them, I, one of them was Doctor Death and cousin. Wow, I did not know that. So <laughs> he then, was like, he was like, no, 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 Doctor Death is my cousin. Call me Franz. <laughs> and then, and then they were like, yeah, we will play these keyboards and. <laughs> <laughs> and South America was like nine, brother. <laughs> nine, yeah, <laughs> nine, brother. <laughs> so you difficult people. I want to hear more about yeah. difficult people. How many episodes uh, no, well, are there this season? A later time. I, I want you to dive into your okay. topic. No, we will. As but a look, listener, I'm excited. About okay, but difficult people. Yeah. It's, it, it's a matter of hours now. Congratulations, Julie. Thank you, Tom. It's been a long time coming. I'm very proud come. of it. I'm very proud of it, and I really am so excited for people to see it. And I, um, I just, I feel really good about it, and I'm so happy that it's that it's coming out. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. Look, I've seen a few episodes of this show. It's really funny, and I did. It was one of the hardest things when I watched it with you there, and I was like, Yeah. Oh boy, I don't like watching anything with the person <laughs> who made it. And then, like, within, within, like, 20 seconds, I was like, oh, no, this is legitimately funny. I'm okay here. I can, I'm actually laughing at this thing, honestly. And it was the greatest feeling to know that you made something that I knew you'd make it great, but it was, to see it be great was so awesome. Everybody's gonna love it. Everybody's gonna watch Difficult People on Hulu. I'm so excited for, for everyone who, is going to see it to mm-hmm. see it, and if you don't like it, then don't tell me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. I watch a movie. But, um, but I watch. Thank you, Tom. Of course, I watched a movie you're the other tough, night. You're a tough laugh. I am a tough laugh. I oh, usually just go. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> That's... Or, or I've mm, I've heard you fake it. This oh I've heard me fake it too. This show has beaten this show has beaten me uh, my natural laugh. It's it killed it. 
because it's bad for broadcasting, I feel. I know, I know. You the, can tell, too, like, it's almost like Bert, like um, Conan especially, who I love, but, like, when he when he has, like, some, you know, dullard on, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. just like, ha, 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 ha. Because or, it's like, it's just, it's some, mm-hmm. it's, as they say, walla, mm-hmm. walla. Yeah. That's another word that's, like, Yellow. Wallow is what they. Wallow is just the in like a cartoon or something. Yeah, like um, just like crowd noise. Yeah, I was so embarrassed when I did a voice on Steven Universe, this cartoon, and then it said Walla in the thing, and I didn't know what that meant, and I was like, "Do you guys just want me to say like Walla here or something?" And then they all went, "Oh, oh, 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 oh you dope!" Tom, you realize though, you made an anime like an you know experienced animators. Day because now he has a funny story to tell about the the noob, yeah. the newbie, yeah. who was like, oh, he wanted this one guy one time. Yeah, you know what I was and, like? I felt like uh, De Niro in uh, The Internship. I did not see The Internship. I don't... It's not out yet. Vince Vaughn? It's not out yet. De Niro, Hathaway, Internship. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm... You know what I'm looking forward to? And the only thing I'm looking forward to? What's that? Sean the Sheep. Sean the Sheep comes out on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to one thing and one thing only. Mm. Difficult people. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Julie. Thank I'm going to, you, you're going to, we're going to talk to you in depth. You'll be down here real soon Anytime. and then we'll, it's going to be fun. And then, uh, but everybody right now, their marching orders are to watch <laughs> difficult people at midnight. Yes. yes. All yes. right, Julie. Thank you. And I hope you guys like it. And, and thank you, Tom, for just being alive. I just, I'm oh. getting a little emotional, but it's all right. It could just be that I've had it. Before this turns into the Sammy Maudlin show, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say goodnight. All right, Julie. Have a great show, Tom. I'll talk okay. to you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Julie Klausner checking in. Difficult People starts on Wednesday at 12.01. You going to watch it, Mike? Here you go. She's got one down. One person. She's got Mike. Are these people uh, sucking up to you on Twitter now? They get... Mike's saying the people are not being creative because if you go to Twitter and Mike's going to determine who wins these uh, tickets. We're giving away a pair of tickets for each date on the Sharpling and Worcester uh, West Coast shows. And you can check those tour dates out over at StereoLaughs.com slash tour. Mike's giving tickets away for all those uh, shows and you can check uh, them out. But you got you got to tweet at Sharpling and at AP Mike and uh, convince him why you should get the tickets. So, uh, so, Dudio, how well do you know Ferris Bueller? Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. Goodbye. Goodbye. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours.
Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's see. I want to, let's see if, uh, is this on, uh, on the line, Mike? Is this our, our friend? Okay. Hello. Welcome to the best Hi. show. Hi. Is this my lawyer this friend? This is your lawyer friend. How shall, shall I address you? You can call me Grace. I will call you Grace. And I will call you Grace. How are you tonight, Grace? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Well, thanks for, for being a part of this. What what we're doing is we're going to do this thing where we, I, you, the, we're trying to figure out what these people would be guilty of that they've uh, for the things they've committed, like the things they explain their crimes in songs or you see them in a movie. Like... There's a song, ZZ Top have a song, uh, uh, Grace. Francine? I want, they have a song called Francine, exactly. How did you know that was the song I was gonna mention? I've been looking on Twitter. Yes, they have a song. Uh, it, was, it was the reason I decided to do this topic was this song, Francine. Now here's a lyric. I just want you to tell me if this was someone you, um, met. If you were, you're, cause you're an attorney? I am. Okay. What crime would this person be guilty of? Got a girl. Her name's Francine. Finest thing you ever seen. And I love her. She's all that I want. And I need her. She's all that I need. Well, Francine, oh, Francis, why? Do you love me and make me cry? How I love her. She's all that I want. How I need her. She's all that I need. If I ever caught her with Stevie P, now I don't know who Stevie P is, I'd throw her back in the penitentiary now. And if I caught her with my mother's son, I'll call her daddy and get my gun. My Francine just turned 13. She's my angelic teenage queen. And I love her. She's all that I need. I love her. She's all that I want. I need her. She's all that I need. So we're t- talking about an adult who's singing a song about a third. He's he's involved with a thirteen-year-old, right? So we're talking about uh, yeah. Billy Gibbons now. We're about to convict Billy Gibbons, and he's threatening. Uh, he's threatening to go get his gun. So what what tra- charge would it be to get your gun? What to to, to threaten? Uh, I am a practicing lawyer in North Carolina. In North Carolina, uh, that's a misdemeanor known as communicating threats. Okay. So, right, for for Francine, we're starting off with communicating threats? Just, yes, communicating threats. Just We'll start small. Yeah, yes. We're, we're going to build our way up to the actual, uh, <laughs> to the heavier, heavier uh, uh, charges here in that song. So there's communicating threats because he's going to go get his gun. Mm-hmm. And then what about all this stuff? He what is this? Is this statutory rape or is this like yes. sex? Is yes. he, is he's he a... sexually involved with this girl at age thirteen? That yeah. is the definition of statutory rape. So 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 it's communicating threats and statutory rape. So Billy Gibbons would. 
have to what register as a sex offender? Like, what would he? Be, what would those charges uh, get him? Do you think in a, in a if someone was was in court and found guilty of those two charges? In court, he would probably. I wouldn't even worry about the communicating threats. The court, he'd be going to prison for probably twenty five years. Twenty. Okay, so twenty five years. Okay. So Billy Gibbons, twenty five years. Twenty five years, and then when he got out, he'd have to register like, as a sex. He'd be a registered sex offender with satellite monitoring. <laughs> with satellite, okay. I'm right. So then he would be. So he'd be. He'd have satellite monitoring, which means what? That he that the the. He's constantly under surveillance, but with... Yes, it's uh, kind of like GPS tracking. Okay. Okay. All right. that So that that's good to know. 25 years in jail. The judge wouldn't even worry about the communicating threats thing. Because no. he's just... He's, they got him good on the... Uh, on the... Uh, the statutory rape, twenty-five well, years in jail. Well, like that, yes, I yeah. think they have him pretty good. Because he's pretty much admitting it, right? He, these are like, yes, he's he's bragging about this. All right, that's good to know. That's good to know. So Billy Gibbons would be in jail for twenty-five years. Statutory rape for statute, yes. All right, I'm trying to see what else. What other ones we have? Uh, how about Animal House? Do you know the movie Animal House? I'm familiar. Just a few things in Animal House. You have, uh, they, uh, basically, let's just take on the final scene in Animal House where they ambush a parade and they, they drive a car called the Death Mobile into bleachers <laughs> that have people on them and they pretty much are caught, like, inciting a riot. I guess you could say they were, would be inciting a riot, right? In that. So say it's, say you take five guys from the Delta house and they are, they're all on trial. For, for the final scene in Animal House, rolling marbles down the street to get people to slip, throwing smoke bombs, um, driving a car that's, that's fortified. Like it's fortified like a, like a, like a, like a tank. And they're crashing it into bleachers that have public officials on them. I mean, what would, would this be? Would, if in a court, would they be considered terrorists? Uh, would that be like domestic terrorism? Of a, a federal level. <laughs> okay. All right. So this uh, is this is beyond your. I, I'm more of a, a state level person. Okay. But yes, uh, I could see some terroristic elements there. So what would be the case if you, if these guys, if you were a, pro, a prosecuting and these guys were sitting across the table from you, what would be the, what would you, what charges would you bring in front of the judge? Um, at the very least, I would start with uh, assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill inflicting <laughs> serious injury. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, that is a felony. So that's a felony. 
And what what other what other charges is it like? What about like inciting a riot? Is that what would uh, I, lead? I think inciting a riot would be a good one. I think it's a good guess that they had been drinking, so intoxicated and disrupted. That there are actually various levels of assault you can go with uh, assault on a government official. Okay. Um, <laughs> just it. I'm trying to remember the <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about assault on a government official, public intoxina- intoxication and disruptiveness. Is that a charge? Uh-huh. And then assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Yeah. And if you're talking about five guys from Delta House, say they all pin it on, uh, on Tim Matheson, I'm sure it would work to where they would like... <laughs> They'd flip, right? People would like, you'd get like Stork, it would flip, it would probably be Tim Matheson's character and the guy D-Day just because he looks like a maniac. Oh, I'd definitely go for D-Day. Right. So those two. What, say, say it breaks down to where other guys, other guys like, uh, testify against the two, the two, two of the guys. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you, what case would you say those two guys would, uh, would be found guilty? Like what, what kind of sentence are we looking here at? Is it, is Animal House Otter? Is that his name? What's Tim Matheson's name in Animal House? Otter. Otter and D-Day. Okay. Otter and D-Day. Yeah. With these Uh, charges. That's actually the assault with a deadly weapon, uh, inflicting serious injury, all of that stuff. That's actually a higher level felony, so they could be looking at fifteen to twenty years. So fifteen to twenty years just on the on the assault. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the intoxication and the assault on a government official. Would those what what does it all add up to? Uh, Honestly, those other ones are small. Again, small potatoes compared to the assault. Uh, that add, that would add maybe another six months. Okay. So we're we're <laughs> we're talking about it all adding up to fifteen to twenty fifteen to twenty years for the for the what they would be called like the Delta House two. Yes, with right? a nice little cherry on top of six months. Yeah. All right. Are there any examples you can think of, Grace? Because we're going to listen to what the callers have to say, then I'll talk to you later in the show with some examples. Um, Speaking of kind of the fraternity movie thing, the thing that gets me is the, uh, oh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, Revenge of the Um, Nerds with, uh, with the one nerd where he poses where they go into like the yeah. moonwalk right you you anticipated my example yeah yeah and he pretty much what impersonates another person yes and then has full intercourse with this with the one of the women from the other from the sorority mm-hmm. so what would the charges be for for that um, for that, that would be something called rape by deception. Rape by deception. Rape by deception. Okay. And what was that nerd's name? Do you guys know? Lewis? Lewis. I think it was Lewis. Played by, uh, who's, 
yeah, Lewis from from Revenge of the Nerds. So you, th- so his charge would be rape by deception. Rape by deception. And what 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 are we looking at uh, charge wise on that? Like uh, sentence wise. Um, same thing as Billy Gibbons. He'd be looking at at least twenty five years. So twenty five years. And then would he also be a, would he be a registered sex offender as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Very much so. Okay, so he would also. All right, so Lewis from uh, Revenge of the Nerds committed rape by deception in Revenge of the Nerds. Do you guys have any out there? Dudio, who's the uh, he's kind of like the tech. Uh, He's like the tech squad guy here. I'm not going to say geek mm-hmm. squad. But he's the dude who built the studio, so he calls himself Dudio. <laughs> Look, I didn't come up with it, Grace. He came up with it, and he makes me call him that. Um, he's very proud. He's very, he's very proud of it. Um, so people are cheering on Twitter that you just convicted Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> people are... Loving that. And also, Animal House is not helped by, uh, Bluto, uh, when he slid that ladder up to the window and was staring in the, the other. Oh no. Right? Oh no. What charge would that be? Secret peeping. Wait, that's an actual, is that the actual charge? Um, well, there's, we use it interchangeably. It's actually peeping into a room occupied by another, but. We basically call it secret peeping. Okay, so what? A, so a guy who slides a ladder, who who w- willingly moves a ladder to to climb and climbs up and looks in the second story of a of a sorority house and watches women change, he would be found guilty of secret peeping. Secret peeping. And what what kind of sen- what kind of sentence does that carry? One of the messed up thing in my jurisdiction that's actually a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor? Well, that... Okay. Uh, but if uh, if he had taken the, the pictures, it would have been a felony. Well, what if him is... Al- he, what, he's drunk, though. He clearly is intoxicated. Does secret peeping plus public uh, intoxication add up to... What, what would he be looking at? Uh, again, unfortunately, in my jurisdiction, uh, not a whole lot. Probably so, uh, he, six months. So six months. So he might he might very well be picking up trash on the side of the highway, uh, yeah. Bluto, as a way to just get out of his secret peeping sentence. All right. What what do you have, Dudio? Um, I've got a couple, but the first one that I'm going to do is uh, the last verse in the longest time by Billy Joel. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't care what consequence it brings. I've been a fool for lesser things. I want you so bad. I think you ought to know that. I intend to hold you for the longest time. Is that a threat? (laughs) Um, No, it doesn't sound like one, actually. It's a little creepy, but I don't think it's a threat because it's it's not communicating anything that he wants to hurt somebody, just that he wants to hold them for the longest time. But he says there's no, he doesn't care the consequences, so he's going to the edge with this. So you think, you think, Grace, that he could beat the rap on that? I think he could beat the rap. Billy I would take Joel. that case. 
Like that would be some Long Island uh, backroom dealings. <laughs> and he'd beat the – Billy Joel would beat the rap on that. Well, what about this? A British guy in uh, arrested in America, and this is – they find this as the thing. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, I'll be watching you. Every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Oh, can't you see you belong to me? My poor heart aches with every step you take. Since you've been gone, I've been lost without a trace. I dream at night, but I only see your face. I look around, but it's you I can't replace. I keep crying, baby, baby, please. Every move you make. Every vow you break, every smile you fake, every claim you stake, I'll be watching you. So if you – this is what I would do. You tell me if I'm wrong in this. I think you'd, okay. you'd get some sort of some, – like some sort of stalking charge. Very, very good, yeah. But he would have a chance of getting off under the guise of being mentally ill with all of this – the stuff he says about uh, I dream at night, I look around, like where he says like he's like – where he's like, it seems like he's not mentally to all there. You know, it's it's actually a lot harder to get off on the insanity defense than a lot of people. Okay, think. well, good. so so every breath you take, so the stuff I just said, what would be the charges for every breath you take? In addition to being really creepy, yeah, um, it, I would, you know, I guess that. Maybe Sting had been calling a little bit too. This is this is just pure speculation on my part. Yeah. I would feel like there'd be some harassing telephone calls in there. So harassment. Um, harassment, yeah. And what is there? What is, is stalking a legal charge? Is that like? Oh yeah. Is it called stalking? A, a legal charge, and it's called stalking. Okay, so it's called stalking. I tell you, Grace, it's amazing. I, I, you know, you, you wonder how I know this stuff. You just come here, you look at who comes here and does a show <laughs> with me wonder, every week. Um, I do you. wonder. Yeah. So, so <laughs> harassment, stalking, any other charges? Um, you know, I don't think there's communicating threats in there. I just, I'm gonna final answer. I'm gonna go with harassment and stalking. Okay, and what what kind of charges would that bring? Um. Sting doesn't strike me as he would take no for an answer, so mm-hmm. I would think that he'd keep on stalking. Mm-hmm. Okay, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred. I feel like he'd keep on stalking, um, so he'd be uh, looking at a, a felony, a lower level one, but uh, I'd say a felony on the stalking, and the harassing telephone calls would be probably a higher level misdemeanor, which would add up to what kind of uh, conviction? Um, he might actually be able to get probation for this. Okay, well, w- well, would he get deported? Oh, oh, he his immigration status would definitely be okay. uh, in jeopardy. <laughs> okay, so there would be a they might so, actually, <laughs> so this might they might make him serve his sentence and then go. Okay, so they he might serve his sentence, probation. So probation would likely be probation, and then his immigration status would suddenly be in jeopardy. Yes. And he he could very well get deported. 
I would hope so, yes. Well, I think you're bringing some personal uh, glee into the mix on that one. Sounds like you'd, you'd, you're, it seems like you're hoping that he, uh, so do you have, uh, do you have another one, Dudia? Yeah, I have uh, two cases of impersonating a police officer. Okay. One in Magic Mike, when they're all dressed like police officers. Okay. okay. And then the other, now these are two different scenarios, so they could be different okay. uh, charges. Uh, when uh, Robert Patrick impersonated a police officer as a Terminator in Terminator 2. <laughs> so you're you're going to try to get him... That's like trying to get OJ on like sports memorabilia stuff. Yes. Like, like we can't get this guy on all this like evil robot stuff. <laughs> We're gonna get him on on this. Uh, we'll get him on this impersonating a police officer. Wait. So, so let's just say yes. They they it's a thing where this this robot stuff is is, is slipping through the cracks legally. Impersonating a police officer, Grace. Oh God! Well, first, I'd like to ask Dudio if he saw Magic Mike in theaters or on video. Uh, which one? The original one? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen them both. I, I I I think I saw them both in theaters. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, I really like, enjoyed the oh, second I only, one. I only saw the first one. Yeah, go see the second one. Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll we'll start with we'll start with Magic Mike, and uh, <laughs> okay. with Magic Mike, since yes, they they were dancing in uh, police uniforms, but <laughs> they weren't actually impersonating police uh, under the law, so it'd be like just a costume. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, because it's because they don't actually they're not they're not, they're not they're representing not themselves as police. Exactly. Okay. Come on, Dudio. Get your head in the game. Well, I, you knew. That. I just care about the law. No, <laughs> he does. You're a little too. You're. You're. You're a. I didn't realize you were across the t's, dot the i's kind of guy, Dudio. I am. I am. So, that's the way Dudio <laughs> is. <laughs> okay. So, so in the case of that, that's not a crime by your no. estimation. But no. But um, but T two, driving around. In a stolen police car, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Stealing a police car and impersonating an officer, what would be the charges with that? He took the guy's full image, too. Yeah. Oh, so. my. So we've got some identity theft. So, mm-hmm. so well. okay, so we're looking at identity theft. Mm-hmm. We're looking at uh, impersonating a law enforcement vehicle. official, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's like that's a good one. Uh, so with identity theft, um, didn't he take the guy's ID too? Am I am I like he just completely stripped him? Am I going crazy? Uh, that was the first one. Uh, he the okay. the uh, Terminator in the second. This was the weird metal Terminator. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, so with that one, um, that is. Uh, it's just called identity theft. Um, we've got the larceny of the motor vehicle, and then yes, impersonating a police officer. Mm-hmm. What kind of sentence are we looking at there? 
Oof, uh, those are all felonies. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to recall off the top of my head, especially since we don't get the impersonating a police officer as much as you might think. Uh, you know, I, I'd probably go 15 years on this one. Okay, 15 years. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to do, we'll do one more and then we'll, we'll talk to you later in the show. I want to, uh, here, here's one, uh, it's a song called Casey Jones by the Grateful Dead. This old engine makes it on time, leaves Central Station at a quarter to nine, hits River Junction at 17-2, at a quarter to ten, you know it's traveling again. Driving that train, high on cocaine, Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Trouble ahead, trouble behind, and you know that notion just crossed my mind. Trouble ahead, the lady in red, take my advice, you'd be better off dead. Switch man sleeping, train 102 is on the wrong track and headed for you. So, the trouble with you is the trouble with me. Got two good eyes, but we still don't see. Come round the bend. You know it's the end. The fireman screams and the engine just gleams. Driving that train high on cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. So we're looking at someone who's a tr- a, a train operator. Uh-huh. Who is, uh, who is uh, under the effect of an illegal narcotic. <laughs> and is driving this train recklessly. So what what would be the what would be the charges on somebody operating a a public transportation in a reckless, a life endangering fashion? Uh, the the closest thing that I can think of is it would be obviously to me, um, or you could make the argument that it's some form of driving while impaired. It's it's driving while impaired. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a higher level since he's in a commercial vehicle. Okay. It's considered to be aggravated in that way. And uh, then driving in a reckless manner, but really it's kind of difficult because a lot of this is vehicle stuff, and he's on a track. Mm-hmm. He's driving a train. Okay. So what are we looking at here? Um. Casey Jones gets off easiest of all. He loses oh. his ability. <laughs> he loses his ability to drive a train, mm-hmm. and he likely loses his license yeah. uh, for a little while too. Yeah. But. So the so the so he the the so the train union kind of sticks up for him. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, I, oh, as long and as also, he doesn't injure oh, anybody. Let me just say. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, Cocaine is not a narcotic, it's a stimulant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got that one wrong. Uh, cocaine's not a narcotic, it's actually a stimulant. They check you out. You for, whatever. Neither here nor there. Guy's, guy's well meaning. So Casey Jones just leans on the train union and gets, gets fired and probably goes into some sort of, uh, rehab program. He he gets probation and community service. No. <laughs> I would take that case. This take you case. <laughs> you would take that case. 
Well, Grace. Of all of the cases we've heard, mm-hmm. I would take Casey Jones above all of them. All right. So we're going to talk to you in a little bit, uh, a little bit later in the show. We'll get more examples. And uh, thank you for doing this. This is, this is really funny. And uh, you're, you're Not super a problem. funny. Um, all right. We will talk to you later. Thanks, Grace. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. How about that? She's awesome. Yeah, Mike loves it. His Grateful Dead buddies beat the rap yet again. Right? Yeah, they beat the rap. Jerry's up there. Smiling up. He's, he's definitely in Hades. Right? And if, uh, hey Mike, why don't we rotate in some people? There's people hanging out. We, they can come, uh, we'll send, send one in to hang and then we'll do another hang for, uh, later. Yeah, I like, oh, this topic is making me sound like, um, some, this guy, this holy mountain saying, this topic makes me sound like more of a tight ass than Jack Valenti. Yeah, no. The whole point of the thing is to figure out what the charges are. I'll put you on charge, uh, on trial. You're banned. Put that banned. I'll put your ban. You know, I'm going to put you on trial because you got 30,000 tweets and 3,800 followers. That's, you're, you're, uh, you're over the, uh, you're, you're not maintaining the, the, uh, well, you just barely are maintaining the 10 to 1 ratio. 10 tweets to every one follower. Yeah, you beat the charges on that one, Holy Mountain. Holy underscore mountain. Yeah. They, they love it. Right, Mike? And somebody said, Dudio, uh, John Solomon said on Twitter, Dudio referring to himself in the third person has to be some sort of crime. Dudio's way too... That's what Dudio does. I don't know that the gleefulness and the and that's what dudio does my friends ladies gentlemen youngsters old timers we all like books right we all like books i like books but you know what? Sometimes you just don't have the time to read them. You're stuck in your car. You're driving around all the live long day. You're on your commute. I saw these people stuck on the turnpike tonight. Miles of traffic. People were stuck. They were just sitting on the hoods of their cars. It's all terrible. There's all these people out there, nothing to do. They don't have their books with them. But you know what, my friends? Audible.com has the perfect solution. You get audiobooks, you listen to the books you've been meaning to read while you're out on the go. You're at the gym, you're in your commute, wherever. Audible.com has over 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free and it works on iPhones, iPads, Androids, and Windows phones. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 different MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books so you can can access them at any time and anywhere from your smartphone. 
Audible.com also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title, anytime, no questions asked. And I use, I'm saying this as somebody who uses Audible. I use it. Let me look at my Audible account right now. I'll tell you some of the things I got in here. What did I listen to? I listened to Michael Jordan, The Life by Roland Lazenby. That was so great. I can't sit and read that thing, man. I listened to that. It was, uh, it was so great. It was the best Michael Jordan uh, biography I've ever heard. Another thing I listened to uh, uh, recently was uh, Whiskey Bottles and Brand New Cars, the Leonard Skinnerd, uh, the story of Leonard Skinnerd, told by uh, Mark Rabowski wrote the book. It's a gr- great book. That's the thing. There's so many things you want to listen to, smart stuff. You listen to it. You want to listen to goofball biography stuff? You listen to that. I get a ready. The rap gets put on me that I'm not smart. I'll tell you, I'm going to get smart thanks to audible.com. You listen to me. Oh, you people say I'm not smart. I'm going to show you all. You know what? And just for you guys listening, audible.com is going to offer a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. So go to audible.com slash best show today. To start your free trial. Again, show your support for the best show by going to audible.com slash best show and get a free audiobook and 30 day trial. Audible.com. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Sometimes it works out like that. I tell you, man. You see that that, uh, that Garrison Keeler is finally hanging it up. That bum. I've been looking for a for a, a, a focus on this right here, like this this show, right? What is our what is our focus with it? Feels like it's it's a three hour show and it's it's a live, but then it turns into a podcast and then it's got calls and fun thing. It does, it's, it's not just like, I don't have the hook that some of these other things have, like that Gilligan's Island podcast I was talking about, Gilligan Island guys, where they just review episodes of Gilligan's Island on every episode. I don't have the hook like that. This show ain't got some clear path where it's just some comedians sitting around just, just busting each other's chops, right? Talking all about stand up and the check drop and, uh, middling and all that stuff we ain't got the hooks like that man but then i saw it like a beacon of light when i heard that this garrison keeler he's the host of prairie home companion when he finally said he was hanging it up then i'm like man maybe that's the hook i want his gig i want that gig Supposedly there's some other clown they lined up for it. Some one of his lap dogs is like teed up for it. Um. So yeah, they got some lap, some some lackey of his is gonna slide into the slot. Keep that streak going. Why is isn't this guy? Doesn't that guy like live off like public money? Like anytime your car hits like a pothole, shouldn't it be like? Shouldn't that be like 
that isn't that like shouldn't you think of his face when your car hits a pothole that money that's paying for him to talk about biscuit powder it could have been used to fix a street somewhere I don't know man I'm gonna smear this all uh, this this guy something about it ain't sitting right some about this uh this garrison keel I, I I think I think this is my purpose. Me and my ragtag gang. AP Mike, Dudio, Pat Byrne. Right? We're going to come, we're going to, we'll do our own, I want, I want uh, this, uh, that's who should be taking over Prairie Home Companion. Picture AP Mike telling stories about, about eating uh, rhubarb pie. Right? It would go from, uh, and Mike, we'll do it in the Garrison Keeler voice. So Mrs. Abernathy went over to uh, Massa's the other day, and she, uh, Massa's Tavern, a bar in Bayonne, New Jersey, that AP Mike, uh, works at every Sunday, uh, Mrs. Abernathy went in with her rhubarb pie, and, uh, she sat at the bar, and A.P. Mike was having one of his Sunday movie nights where he plays a movie for the riffraff who populate masses. And this week, Mike was showing the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> so Mrs. Abernathy sat down, and then, uh, and then, uh, one of the locals, uh, uh, Ricky, um, I don't know what these locals at this place are, the nicknames that these people have. Who? Jimmy Win, and then Jimmy Windows pounded another, another Pabst Blue Ribbon and then horked all over Mrs. Abernathy's rhubarb pie. Well, isn't that a fun time? Somebody just said it's a, a, a what a, a mandolin player just repla- is going to replace this guy, Garrison Keeler. Guy from what? Nickel Creek. Nickel Creek. What's that? Like a, like a hip bluegrass band. A hip bluegrass band. God help me. You know, walk into the Hudson, man. This is where we're going. That's a pretty good one that, uh, uh, the, over on uh, Twitter. People have really good ideas for the, for the topic. Showbiz crimes. Maxwell Silver Hammer. It's a good one. Um, hitting play podcast just said for in the last X-Men movie, Magneto lifts, uh, RFK stadium and then like drops it on other people. Like that's like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, major one. I don't even know if there's a crime for that. That's just like, what would you even charge somebody on for that? Lifting a football stadium. Now I got the, I like Nickel Creek. I don't look, I don't know what, I said, what is it? I don't know what it is. 
Maybe it's the best thing I ever heard. Maybe I'll listen to it and be like, well, I was wrong about this. This is the greatest thing I ever heard. But I'm telling you, man. I got it. I, 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 I want that. I want that show. I want Prairie Home Companion. I want it. It will be mine. Why can't I take it? Right? What I want, I take. What I don't, I break. That's the that's the motto with this man. We're coming. We're coming for you, Keebler. We're coming for you. Best show. You're on the air. Sorry. Hello. Hello. Yes. Welcome to the best show. Thank you so much. To whom am I speaking? You're speaking to Caroline in Brooklyn. Caroline, what's going on? I have a true story showbiz crime. Let's hear it. So, some context. I grew up in Los Angeles, and when I was a kid, I played Little League on a team that seemed to be populated overwhelmingly by, like, the children of, like, C-list actors. Like, George Wentz's kid was on our team and some other people and stuff like that. Allegedly. Anyway, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. I don't know if you're some... uh Angry Cheers fan because you didn't get an autograph at some Cheers convention or something. I don't know, but we'll I, yeah. I'll I'll still let's hear. So you okay? So you're you're in this we're little. A, okay, go ahead. We're on a little league team, and you know, unremarkable season. We had a uh, it was coach pitch little league at the park, and our coach was a guy that we just referred to as Doctor Dave. And uh, you know, we had an unremarkable season. Season ends, we never speak to anybody again, but then, you know, flash forward like about six years, it's, I don't know, early 2000s, the Osbournes have taken America by storm, mm-hmm. and a couple seasons into the Osbournes, it's revealed that Ozzy Osbourne's doctor had been wrongly prescribing him like heavy doses of tranquilizers and all sorts of like mind pills to keep him kooky on the show. And the gentleman in question, who was erroneously prescribing him these tranquilizers, was none other than my Little League coach, Dr. Dave. Yeah, okay. I don't know that that's true. But wait, there's more. Okay, let's hear it. A few years after that, Uh I'm in high school. Um, I'm with my mom. We're driving home from uh, an industry function, and we make a stop at our local video well, store. Not so fast. Industry function. You yeah. can't just you can't just blast past that. It was just some some silly thing. What was it? Yeah. I I believe it was um, like a panel, like a Q and A panel at the Television Academy. Okay. Are you in the biz? I am not. You're not. Okay. So we're on our way home. I say, hey, Ma, can we stop at the video store? And we do. And, um, you know, as a high schooler attending an industry function, I felt compelled to get a little dolled up. So I'm hanging out in the classic movie section wearing all kinds of face paint. And this guy, this white-haired older guy comes up to me and says, oh, I love what you're wearing. What do you do later? Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know about this. So I head over to the cash register and hand my choices to my mom, who then in turn hands them to the lady behind the counter. And then my mom, who has a shunt in her head, uh, feels somebody whack her on the head with a DVD case. 
And she turns around, and it's the creeper from the classic movie aisle. She looks at him, she looks at me, and she goes, Caroline, you remember Dr. Dave from your Little League? And he turned beet red. He was embarrassed because he had made a pass at one of his erstwhile Little Leagueettes after coming under fire with okay. some scandal with the Osborne. Look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I hope none of this happens. It's terrible. This is all terrible. I, this, uh, this, is, this, I'm not, this guy sounds truly awful. It happened. Okay, but I, you have to realize you're saying it. I don't know you. It's true. You don't. You're just going to have to take my word for it. I'll take your. I'll take your word for it. Insofar as you, you're saying it, and but I'm not. This is not a. We don't have Doctor Dave here. Look, yeah, we I'm really so, but, should get Doctor Dave's side of the story. I don't want Doctor Dave on the show. I also heard a rumor that he got. Uh, I don't want any more Doctor Dave stories. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry it's not juicier. No, it's not that it's not juicier. It's not It's not the topic. What? It's not? No, not even remotely. Oh, you, thank you for indulging me. You freestyled all over this topic, Caroline. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't it's mean all right. freestyle. It's all right. I heard your story. It's a good one. I'm sorry you're in, you had a, a bad time with this creep, alleged creep. It but was it, worth it to have something to freestyle about on the best show. Well, it was not either. I'm gonna don't don't downgrade your thing to be good radio show fodder. Thank you for the call, Carolyn. You're welcome. Thank you. My. Well, all right, we're moving it along, moving it along, and everybody. What do I have to do here? Did we do this? Let me make sure I did the things. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Did it. Oh, we have a guest. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. This is great. We got Jake Tempest. Let me to bring him up. I'm gonna before our guest. Uh, let me let me intro uh, him first. You know, uh, on the show, we I, we've talked to so many different musicians for for the over the years and uh, people of all different stripes. But um, I don't think I've ever talked to somebody. I guess I guess infamous is the best way to describe. Uh, my guest tonight and people are definitely know who this guy is. If you were, if you were at all a fan of like heavy rock in the mid to late eighties, you knew this guy's band, uh, blue savage. They were all over MTV, all over the radio. I mean, so, so many songs you would know little girl lost milk and cookies down to party wasted youth. Dip you in chocolate. So many, like, hits these guys had, Blue Savage had, uh, between, like, I think, like, 87 to 1990 would have been. And uh, this guy is the, he was the, the voice of Blue Savage and the, kind of the, 
the focal point of the whole band, Jake Tempest. He was the front man. Total larger-than-life character, kind of quick. Like, I guess, like, like a very fiery, kind of volatile, quick-tempered kind of guy. Uh, definitely one of, you know, like one of the, like one of the hotheads of rock at that point in the 80s. And, uh, he definitely, uh, we definitely would pay the price for it, uh, for his, his volatility. And, uh, he's just about to release a solo album. It's his first album in 21 year, 21 years since Phoenix Rising. This album's called Back in the Saddle, and I have not heard it yet. Um, I guess that's, that maybe that's like an Aerosmith, uh, like a tip of the hat to Aerosmith. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. Let's bring him to the show. Uh, we have the, uh, the famous or infamous, as I said, frontman to Blue Savage, uh, Jake Tempest. Are you there, Jake? Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me, Tim. Um, okay. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, you know, I do want to correct you on what you said. Uh, even though we did tour extensively with Aerosmith, uh, that title is not a nod to them. And I'll tell you, as much as I love Aerosmith, I could never name an album after a song by a band I blew off the stage every night. Oh, okay. I, uh, sorry about that. I, I, Thought that might be what it is, but it isn't. So, um, but look, I know you're busy. Let's, uh, let's just jump right into everything. Sounds great. Yeah. You have had such a wild ride for so many, so many years. And, right. um, you know, I, I say this with all due respect that it's, it's kind of amazing that you're still alive, um, to even talk. About your life and career in 2015. Yeah, you know, those were some very crazy times, Tip. Uh, Tom is my name. Uh, Anyway, you know, that was a different world back then in the 80s. You know, money, booze, and other things flowed like water. (laughs) Anything went, and boy, did it. I'll tell you what, that should be on my tombstone, right? Uh Anything went, and boy, did it. Yeah. Uh huh. That's uh okay. I mean, kind of rolls off the tongue, don't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of a it, it's kind of unique and generic at the same time. You know, like it's like you've heard it, but you ain't ever heard it. Yes, exactly. Like you heard it, but you ain't ever heard it. That's exactly right. what I meant to say. Right now, now Jake, uh, back in the in the eighties and up into the early nineties. Your lifestyle was the kind of lifestyle that must have made even like other rock stars uh envious. Right. Like you were the guy who like you had had it all and you did it all. Oh, wait. You mean other rock stars weren't rocking the sheets with the hottest women on the planet and partying with A-list movie stars heads of state and popes 24/7? <laughs> Wait, you, 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 you partied with a pope. Oh yeah. Which pope? John Paul II. John Paul, Pope John Paul II. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. This bishop in, uh, oh man, what was the town? Just this god awful town we played a couple times. Oh, what was it called? Newbridge, New Jersey. Anyway, the bishop of this town introduced me to JP2. And this would have been, okay, it would have been 1988, I think. So that would have been the Panty Soaker Tour. Ugh. That's a, not the, it's a, that, the name of that tour has not aged well, I guess. Isn't it? Uh-huh. It's pretty offensive. Is it? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and, uh. We can but, argue that all night, buddy. Okay, yeah, but we're, I'm, we're, we don't have to argue it. I'd rather talk to you about other stuff. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Uh, how, how is it that you came to even be in the same room with the Pope? Uh, well, um, Bishop, uh, God, what was his name? Bishop Fontana, that was his name. He brought JP2 to the show that night. <laughs> Wait. The Pope John Paul II yeah. was at uh, one of your shows, at a Blue Savage show. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I can't believe that. We were co-headlining with Poison that night, and uh, <laughs> if my memory serves, and I'll tell you, I mean, I've got a pretty good memory for what we did, you know, considering, you know, all the offenses. My memory of that night is that C.C. DeVille did a uh, sacramental wine bong with uh, the Pope that night. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But it's true, though. I, I, can, tell, I can tell you maybe don't believe me, but... If, I don't know how it is now, but back in the in the in the eighties, at least seventy percent of the Roman Catholic leadership they were flagrant glam meddlers. And really? I, I remember JP the uh, second he had a uh, he he had etched in you know like sewn in into his very regal um, robe. Lucas, Watum de Dominus Gatos Dragonum. In them, which is, of course, Latin for look what the cat dragged in. That's a, oh my, that's like a poison album title. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. I I had, I did not know that. Well, yeah, well, well, look, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You have no idea what it's like to be world famous. And no offense, listening to your speaking voice right now, you never will. <laughs> it's like talking to a prepubescent robot whose bolts haven't dropped yet. Oh, well that's that's nice to say. Um Look, let's let's okay, I I'm not going to argue that with you. Um you mentioned you dated a lot of uh famous women back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Like who who, who can I ask who some of those famous women were? Oh. <laughs> Sounds like someone's in total perv mode. No, I'm just wondering. You mentioned it, and I'm following up on it. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, man. It would be easier to name the ones whose panties I didn't inspect. Oh, that is the second time you've said that word, and uh, please don't say it anymore. All right. Well, oh, off the top of my head, uh, oof, Rebecca De Mornay, uh, Mary Hart, Kim Wilde, uh, Aaron Gray. Kelly LeBrock, Lisa Bonet, Tawny Katane, uh, Mia Sarah, um, Lita Ford, Victoria Principal, Shannon Tweed, uh, Yasmin Bleeth, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Leah Thompson, Fawn Hall, Samantha Fox, uh, who else? 
uh, Heather Locklear, Nina Blackwood, uh, Helen Slater, uh, Justine Bateman, uh, Donna Rice, Paul Abdul, who else was there? Uh, Lisa Gibson, uh, no, Lisa Gibbons. God, I forget her name already. It's been so long ago. Uh, Elisa Milano, Robin Gibbons, uh, Debbie Gibson, uh, Dana Delaney, Lisa Hartman. There's a couple more. Who else? Uh, Lisa Hartman, uh, Jessica Hahn, Natasha Kinsky. Who else? Uh, Cheryl Teagues. Vanna White, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Bobby Brown from you know all those metal videos, uh, Tanya Roberts, um, Jody Watley, Barbara Walters, to name just a couple. Wow, that's like a that's like a who's who of like pretty much not every, but so many women back from the eighties, right? Yeah. yeah, but you know, I I do want to say that that was a long time ago. And four divorces later, I've been blessed to find the woman of my dreams, and we've been married for the last two years. And I'll, I'll tell you, Max, she has really made me a better person. Well, that's that's good to hear. Um, you know, you mentioned that, like, being inside, like, fame, like like the bubble of fame. Right. And for people who are who have not experienced that... Um, what what is that like? Well, you know, it it has its good points and it has its bad points. Uh, the good stuff, uh, you know, just being able to afford things. I I come from the streets, you know, where I didn't have a lot growing up. So just, you know, being able to to afford not even nice things, but just you know the 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 things that make life a little better every day. That that was a, a big thing, you know, and. Uh, what else? Uh, being able to create the music and make the videos that we wanted without interference from anybody, that was a big thing. I think our record label knew that we knew what we were doing, so we were able to make these very successful records, these very successful videos, without you know uh, too many cooks getting in there. Um, what else? Not having to pay for things was, was, was great. Uh, not having the normal rules of marriage apply to me was, was really nice. Um, and of course, making people eat weird things for money. That's probably the five that were the biggest. Oh, and uh, of course, the sex, obviously. <laughs> lots and lots of that. Okay. What? No, we get it. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I was doing this PSA about reading once at a public library, and I... All over the index cards. Oh, Jake, I had to, I had to bleep that whole thing. What? Really? Yes, all of it. I thought your show was on Flint Radio. F- Flint Radio. What is yeah. Flint Radio? Like Hustler, Hustler Radio. Hustler? No, this show doesn't have any affiliation with Hustler. Well, that's just sad. I don't think I've ever heard anything sadder. You've never heard anything sadder than that a show doesn't have affiliation with Hustler. Hang on. No. Okay. All right. Well. But on, on the other side of it, you know, the other side of, the, of that coin, uh, people, when you're really famous, people look at you like you're some kind of god, and they look to you for guidance, and... 
that can be a bit much. It's like, you know, I'm just a million-selling recording artist. I'm not like a, 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 a someone on high like Jesus or, or Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And he's going all the way this this election. Yeah, no, he, me. Sure, no, he, he won't. There's no way that it's it's August of 2015. There's this definitely sustains for another 13 months. Oh, it has. Another I'm sure fifth, it will. Another I'll 15. tell you one thing: yeah. you won't be getting an interview. You know why? Why? Because he'll say you're a total disaster. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Well, I guess that's my loss then, uh, Jake. Um, getting back to the music stuff, um, your Blue Savage was one of the biggest bands of that era in the late 80s and you guys had hits you played like like hockey arenas and it's like as big as a band can get when you know and um but you know it's i guess i guess the, i'm gonna i guess i'll try to be I'm not going to try to be offensive here, but I do want to ask you something about like what what do you think the reason uh is that things started to kind of go uh south for you and and uh, Blue Savage? Nirvana. Nirvana? Yeah. Yeah, they came out of nowhere and nobody was doing anything like what they were doing and kids that uh, kids had never heard anything like this this before and you know so they became the thing that kids had to check out and bands like Blue Savage and Van Halen totally fell by the wayside. Mhm. Yeah. Um hey, no offense, uh but there's this whole uh <laughs> a lot of metal bands always say that you know, they, everything was going great, and then Nirvana came along, and then suddenly they weren't popular anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of other bands doing things just like Nirvana and, uh, oh. other bands. Um, yeah. There was like, there was like Mud Honey. Oh. Yeah, it's a band. And, you know, a lot of bands on Sub Pop, a lot of the S- Seattle bands, and just a lot of what? rock. A lot of rock bands. In there were a lot of indie bands who were just doing the same type of thing, but they just weren't. Oh, kinda, like Redbone. Like Red uh, Redbone. Yeah, Indian bands. No, not no indie, indie, independent. Like race um, car bands. No, not like no, not race car. It's. Look, Nirvana definitely played the game really well to make it as big as they did. And, right. um, and you said bands like that, that Blue Savage and, and Van Halen just took it, you know, what did you say? Fell by the wayside, I think yeah. you said. And it's like, I mean, not to nitpick, but Van Halen had nowhere near the dip in popularity that that you guys did. Jesus, my publicist said this is going to be a puff interview. What's that? I said my my publicist said this is going to be a puff interview. A puff interview. Yeah, I mean I look, I I listened to a couple episodes of your show while I was at the gym getting fully ripped. Uh-huh. And going by what I heard, I thought this was going to be like an hour of us talking about what sub shops we don't like. Uh-huh. Or what candy bars have our shorts and a wad this week. Okay, okay. 
So. Well, what TV characters yeah. nobody remembers are so stupid they're awesome. Uh, all right. Or how Billy Joel is the undisputed second coming of Hitler and all things evil. Uh-huh. Yeah, or uh, who was the second unit third AD on Cabin Boy? Okay, yeah. All right, that's that's, en- that's enough. Of, <laughs> yeah. I'm just busting your bees there, Tex. Uh-huh. Yeah, but getting back to your question, okay, maybe grunge wasn't the only reason for our dip in popularity. Uh, a, a, a substantial section of our small-minded Fairweather fans couldn't handle the fact that I was a full-on Renaissance man, little Timmy. Uh-huh. Tom, it's Tom. Oh, sorry, little Tommy. Just Tom. Okay, well, anyway, I never wanted to be penned into this box of just being a kick-ass rock star. Okay. You know, I, 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 I was a businessman. I had my own line of Flamin' Jake Tempest hot sauces that I sold during the stage, sold on stage during concerts. Yeah, like literally from the stage. Yeah. And not not you telling people to go get it at the merch table. Right. It was you grabbing a box of the stuff Mm -hmm. and then kind of – it's very odd when you watch clips on of of you guys like – Playing and then suddenly you're you're sitting at the edge of the stage with boxes of hot sauce making change for fans in like an eighteen thousand seat arena. No one had done it before, you know. Mm-hmm. I was a true groundbreaker, but that really angered my bandmates, you know. But then they started selling their own hot sauces during the shows, you know. So at one point there was five of us doing these on stage transactions, mm-hmm. you know. It was crazy. Yeah, it makes for it sounds like a great show. Yeah, there were like several times when there was no music for like thirteen minutes. While all the members of the band have their own respective hot sauces. Yeah, and, and it got it got really embarrassing and uncomfortable when you'd have to ask like I, I'd have to ask Tony the, the drummer if he could you know if he could make change for a fifty. You know, who's who's buying hot hot sauces with a fifty? You know, back then. You, you got me. Right? Yeah, right? That's a question for the ages, right? Yeah. Who, who, who buying hot sauces with a 50 back then? That one, that might as well be in the pyramids or something. Right? Like, like I could picture that them, like, unearthing that on, like, a, on, like, a, a, in a temple somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't wear pants back then. Back then they didn't? No, the Egyptians. Uh-huh. They still don't. They still don't. I, I no. think they do currently wear pants. No, they wear like the string and they got like a little flap on the front. No, people in Egypt wear pants. I'm 100% sure. No, no. 99.9% sure yeah. they don't. Well, say, okay. Yeah. Well. Let's get back on. Oh, talk, sure, talk. sure. You know, I, you know what else cheesed people off? I, I wanted to be in movies, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm from the streets, and I always saw myself, you know, in, in films as being, you know, kind of like a cross between. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I think I, you, <laughs> guys like you, right? Ralph, um, if I can guess, you probably saw yourself as like a cross between Pacino and De Niro. How do you know that? Because, because. Those are the only two actors that everyone who ever says they're from the streets, uh, has a, and wants to be in movies. And they, those are the only two actors that they want to, that they model themselves after and want to be like. 
I am not into your tone whatsoever. It's, it's, it's really getting under my skin. I don't like it. I find it insulting. Uh, but getting back to me, you know, I, I took a chance and I, I auditioned for some of these flicks. And, you know, sometimes you got to throw coffee to the wind and just go for it. You know, so I, I was blessed and I got those roles. Yeah, I, I remember you had some, you were in a couple things back then, right? In like the late 80s. Like oh, well. what? Like what? What were they? Again, I'm not. <laughs> oh really. man, another podcaster who really puts in the time researching his guests. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, I guess I let me go to IMDb. I'll do it myself then. I'm sorry, Mister Tempest. Oh, okay. Um. Well, in my in my defense, there's a reason why I maybe didn't recall a lot of these titles. What? Uh, Hot Streets, Compounded Desires, Scuba School, Pray for Desire, The Craving, Untamed Desires. Oh, Blood po- uh, Blood Puddles Two: The Oozing. That's yeah. a Trenel Strauss movie. The Master. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Moving Violations 3. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Moving Violations 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was that, great. That's the Joel Murray. 2 was Mike Murray. So, because Joel Murray is Bill Murray's brother. Yes. He was the star of Moving Violations 1. Yeah. Then 2 had Mike Murray, who yeah. I guess you would refer to as Joel's brother. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Who yeah. was in three? Well, I, I was in it. I, I didn't star in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well. Gene Simmons starred in it. Wow. He's hilarious. He he really does seem like he would have a, a deft uh, touch with comedy. I learned so much from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like our generation's chaplain. He, yeah, just a real kind of like light on his feet. Very graceful. No, I meant, no, I meant like he's, he's like a minister, a chaplain. Oh, like a, cha- oh, a chaplain. A, a spiritual leader. Okay, okay, I didn't think you... Sure. A couple other things. Secretary of State Tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Murder on the, Ori- on the Oriental Express. And then Scuba Night School. And Oriental Desires. These, this is... Man, this is quite a list of... Movie credits here, Jake. Like, uh, not exactly, uh, you know, well, it's like, <laughs> I, I just realized that you had Scuba School and Scuba Night School. Was one the sequel to the other? What do you think? Well, I'm assuming, maybe it's a, the, a leading question. Um, they weren't. Yeah, okay. Well, they weren't. Okay. No. Well, Jake, I gotta say, you really were, you got to, you were really carving it out there, uh, real, real, uh, Pacino De Niro territory. I know, right? I, I'm just so blessed to have had such great filmic opportunities. And I'll fill you in uh, on a little secret for you and, and whatever handful of listeners you've got. Uh huh. It was between me and John Bon Jovi as to who was going to be the really big movie star of that area, you know, c- coming from the rock world. 
And it's no secret that my acting chops were and continue to be miles better than John's. But John had better management. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, my, my manager, he pulled choke job after choke job and dropped ball after ball when it came to my career. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just, just no, no, no control over any of it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just choke job after choke job. Yep. And then your manager dropping ball after ball. Yep. Right? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so you just kept dropping your your balls over and over, right, he, one after the other. He sure did. And, uh-huh. and I'll tell you, oh, I get it. I get you. I get what you were doing there. It was a, it was a ball joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, a real funny man. Well, I couldn't resist. You just served that right up for me to... To, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Listen, you mealy mouth little nerd boy. I'm gonna. Uh, uh. Oh my God. Calm down, Jake. Just have another smoothie, and you'll feel better, like like you always do. Hey, Maria. Maria, can you get me another one of those smoothies, please? Jake. Thank you. Jake. Well, what's yeah. uh, what's going on over there? Oh, nothing. I, I had this Mexican woman who helps out around the house, and I I just asked her if she could bring me one of these these great s- smoothies that mm-hmm. she, that she makes. They're really good. They're very they're very hot. Yeah, me- a, a Mexican woman. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got a Mexican woman helping you? I the, sure do. Yeah, yeah not, she's not, great. Yeah, not just a woman, Mexican. Um, hey, uh, not to dredge up the past, but you just lost your temper because you've been busting my chops all night long, and then I gave it back to you a little bit, and then you just blew up there, and that was kind of like the the outbursts that, that you were kind of known for back in your heyday. Like, your temper was pretty hot and got you in a fair amount of trouble. Right, right. Well, look, it, it's no secret. You know, I, I, at one point, I had very public feuds going with at least, I, I don't know, a hundred different people and corporations. Uh-huh. Like, can you remember who? Oh, off the top of my head? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. Um, uh, D. Snyder, um... James Hetfield, Burger King, the the, the chain, uh, Tico Torres, Bobby Dahl, uh, Burger King, the individual, Morris Day, uh, David Ogden Steers, Doris Day, uh, the city of Ogden, Utah, uh, Ace Freely, Pam Dauber, Ace Hardware, uh, the makers of Pam Cooking Spray, um, Andy Summers, who else, Bill Bixby, Donna Summer. Uh, the makers of Porta Sand Toilets, uh, Chris Barnes from the Bad News Bears, Steve Vai, the makers of Porta Let Toilets, uh, Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse, uh, what else? Uh, Charo, uh, Ricky Rockman, Char Grill, the restaurant in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, Vince Van Patten, Ricky Lake, uh, who else? Mm, Patton Oswalt, uh, Greg Lake, Lake Champlain, the lake, uh, who else? Uh, and uh, oh, Eddie Trunk. Yeah, who could forget him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Eddie Trunk, yeah. Do you ever play Trunk Drunk? 
trunk drunk. What is yeah, trunk? Yeah. No. What is trunk drunk? It's this drinking game. It's so much fun. What you do is you listen to Eddie's podcast, and every time one of his guests mentions a famous rocker and Eddie inserts himself into the story, you take a drink. Okay. Like if someone like Billy Sheehan mentions Joe Elliott and Eddie says, I was talking to Joe just the other day, you take a drink. And like every time he says something like, I was in town doing a book signing, you take two drinks. And every time he says something like, blank, 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 is a very good friend, you take three drinks. And every time he mentions UFO, you have to pay, have to drink a whole beer. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, Eddie Trunk uh, and the, the That Metal Show dudes have really given you the business, like busted on you for some of the clothes you wore back then. Yeah, they sure did. But I'll tell you what, those double XL angel shirt wearers, they got no clue about show business whatsoever. I was and am still a showman, okay, an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And when you're an entertainer, you have to make an impact visually, and that's exactly what I did and I continue to do. Sure. Um, look, I mean, I, I, that's that's all true and fair, but, you know, uh, I mean, so, some like some of those outfits back in the day, hold on. What are you doing? Hold on one second. Um. <laughs> what are you? Come on, you dink. What are you doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I just, what is it? No, I just did a Google image search of your name and just, I mean... <laughs> I mean, some of these outfits you wore back then certainly did make an impact. Uh, you know, like here you are, you've got like your, your, it's like a, like a unitard with studs all over it. Yeah. That's cut down the, like in a V all the way down to your navel and, and it's like, it's like, then there's this other one that looks like you're wearing like, almost like hot pants and yeah. like, sus- like suspenders, just oh, suspenders yeah. on the top. And it's got like a, I guess it's like a pseudo military feel to it. Yeah. Sergeant Rock. That was my name on that tour. Uh-huh. And then there's this like red leather get up and you're wearing like a bandana so this must have been a little later in the run you've you're you've got a bandana tied on your head and i have a mask on right because i was the kissing bandit for part of the show mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'd go into the crowd and just kiss uh people uh-huh well these outfits are pretty yeah i guess you you definitely did make an impact oh sounds like you're not into it but i'll, I'll tell you what they said Da Vinci dressed like a sexually confused Technicolor hairdresser on LSD too, so I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you another thing that, that really got under my skin. Uh huh. Was when people were constantly saying that Blue Savage wasn't heavy enough. It's like, oh, you're not heavy enough. Your you, your new record's like a pop record. You're not heavy enough. Well, I'll tell you something, man. Mm-hmm. 
This new album, Back in the Saddle? Yeah. It's the heaviest thing anyone has ever heard. Ever. Really? Oh, yeah. The heaviest? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It positively destroys everything that's ever been out there. Okay. I, I'd love to play the first track, if that's cool. Um, okay. Yeah, let me get it. Hang on, let me get it rolling here. Right, was that the... That was the track? Yeah, that heavy enough for you, brain-dead cretinous heshers? Whoa, wait, that was the, th what was that? That was the song? Yeah, yeah, that's the first song, the title track on my new album. And it's so heavy that it will literally make the CD pop out of the player. That ought to shut everybody up, right? Uh-huh. So, so basically, you haven't put an album out in 20 years, and you're, you're sabotaging... Your, like your first solo album in 20 years to make some point that you weren't heavy enough. So the first thing is what was that? Like a boulder or something? You know, I gotta say, uh, Jake, this, this seems way too crazy for, for me. And maybe you're too crazy for me. Uh huh. Well, yeah. uh, maybe I am too crazy for you, but I'm talking about you right now. Right. Um, uh, okay. Uh, and, you know, if it's going to make the, yeah, I guess it's a good thing that, like, uh, most of your, your sales are going to be MP3s, uh, through downloads at this point. Oh, well, I had that covered too. The song is going to make your computer and your iPhone shut itself off. What's that? So. Yeah, when you play it, everything's going to shut down. So when you play that song, when you said it makes the CD pop out of the player, yeah, you were you were you weren't being figurative there. No, it literally shoots it out. It li so that like triggers it like electronically. Yeah, and then just to make sure that anybody who downloads it, yeah, that when they hear it, because you're trying to make some point about how heavy it is. So to prove how heavy your music is, if you download the MP3s. Something and it triggers the the thing to shut your iPhone down. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. It's pretty well, cool, isn't it? No, I mean, it's, it's going to shut people up. No, for sure. It's not going to shut people up. It's crazy. No, it's not. No, that's as nuts as anything I've ever heard. No, it's not, Jake. That's what's that? Oh, that's terrible, <sighs> Maria. You put way too much cayenne pepper in that thing, and there's not enough ginger. You better get your buns back in there and try again. On delay. On delay. Well, how can you talk to someone like that? That's like super offensive. I can talk to anybody the way anybody well, any way I want yeah, to talk. And to I them. can tell you I can tell you that it's offensive and you shouldn't talk to your housekeeper like that. It's 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 brutal and 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 it's it's just offensive. Well, I certainly can talk to her that way if she's my wife, you racist white bastard. Wait, that Maria is your wife. Yeah. Ugh. I don't I don't like that and I really 
don't like the whole idea that the person if somebody's going to still be a fan of yours then and they buy the record that they literally have to reload the CD or restart their computer so that they can hear the rest of the album. Well, you know, when they do put it back in they and they do reboot up, they're going to be rewarded with some of the best country music they've ever heard. So it all works out. Uh, con- country? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's Well, I guess I, I probably should have predicted it because it's so on the nose that you would make a country record at this point in your career. Well, why wouldn't it be? I'm country to the bone. Country to the bone. You were saying five minutes ago how much you were from the streets. Well, for your information, I have a farm in the south. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there every day plowing the fields. Uh-huh. You have a farm in the south. Uh, what yeah. What state in the south? Well, it's in South Maryland. South Maryland? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm a crab farmer. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it's not. I mean, I love getting on my horse every morning and, you know, heading out there into the crab fields. Your horse. Well, honestly, it's it's actually a, a, a skidoo, and honestly, someone else drives it. But I'm the one yelling out to the workers what crabs to kill. Uh-huh. What crabs to kill? I thought you were, you meant you plowed actual fields. Oh, well, I, I, it depends what kind of fields we're talking about plowing at that point. Ugh, I really, I really, I really hate that. I'm not sure if you're crying or. Being, I'm laughing. You're laughing, okay. All the way to El Banco. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Don't like it at all. Nope. So country music, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. Your... You know, I, I've already got 50 songs written from my next album. <laughs> another another thing I love is people talking about how many songs they've got ready when they go into record an album, as if anybody would go into the studio with like 50, 50 songs. Um so these songs you've got these fifty songs are they uh, they're all fully formed uh, songs? Well, uh, not all of them. Some of them are just like you know I could best describe it as little country swatches. Oh, country swatches. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I I think we'd all love to hear some of your uh, country swatches. Oh well, I, I don't actually have the demos with me or my guitar, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll do it acapella if, if if that's cool. I think you'll I think you'll you'll your audience will love it. Sure, I would love to hear it. All right, well, uh, one goes like, uh, she got them painted on jeans, and I wanna peel off right now, and I wanna turn them into a Jesus quilt. Oh, uh, uh, there's another one. Um, Get inside my pickup truck, lady. And I'll show you how to work my tape deck. Uh, oh, there's one that's great. It goes, uh, she got her panties in a bunch, so I'm taking her to lunch this Thursday. She caught me tapping other girls, so I'm buying her some pearls on Friday. Oh, but my, my best one is, is uh, we got Hank on the radio. 
a cooler for a, a cooler full of beer, and we're heading to the rodeo. Gonna get her done before quitting time. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> Jake, I want to congratulate you. Those are some of the dumbest lyrics I've ever heard. And what? that last one might have been the laziest lyric and the dumbest lyric I've ever heard. Maybe you're the laziest and the dumbest lyric I've ever heard. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I don't think you know good country when you hear it. Well, I, maybe I don't know good country when I hear it, but I certainly know bad country when I hear it. Well, when and, did you hear some? Uh, just about 30 seconds ago. Wait, what? I, I, heard a, I heard a whole lot of it. Oh, well, well Nashville d- doesn't think so. You know, I'll tell you, man, I did this record in Nashville, and those old session guys, they loved me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They couldn't believe this long-haired rocker guy wasn't afraid to tell them they were doing it all wrong. Uh-huh. Oh, and I'm sure they loved that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They loved it so much that they they initiated me into the country brotherhood. <laughs> what is the country brotherhood? Well, how it works is this. They come up behind you when you're not expecting it. Uh-huh. They tie a bag over your head, and then they give you what what's called the country wallop. Uh-huh. The country wallop. Yeah, yeah. What is that? They hit you over the head with a tire iron multiple times. Uh-huh. And then they take you out to Hendersonville, uh-huh. and they drop you off in the woods with no shoes. Uh-huh. And then eventually, when you make your way back to Nashville, yeah, you have to carry everybody's gear around for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said they only deem one initiate worthy of this every, like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, and this time they picked me. Uh-huh. Yeah. They said the last initiate was Ronnie Lee Keel. <laughs> Ronnie Lee Keel. Yeah. The guy who was known as Ron Keel from the another another hair metal clown who made a feeble attempt at making it in country music. Hey, you can't talk to Fungi that way. What's that? You can't talk to Fungi that way. I, wait, I can't talk to who what way? Fungi. Fungi. Yes. For your information, I'm the voice of Fungi, the hard rock and toenail fungus in those Kernco Fungo Way commercials. Oh, that's you? Yes. <laughs> well, those are the dumbest commercials I've ever seen. What? It's, yeah. It's this like, it's like this toenail fungus trying to, and it's like, like with a guitar behind it as if right. it's like as if it's like like as if it's like like uh extreme it is uh-huh it's not as heavy as back in the saddle yeah and then you get sprayed by the fun by the the spray and then you and then you just shrivel up oh fungal way no yeah there it is yeah uh-huh well no one can do it like me uh-huh well congratulations on that Oh, you know, fungi rules and you drool and you know it. And I'll tell you one thing. What's that? That's just one of the beloved product mascots that I give voice to. Like, who? what else do you do? Well, I'm also the voice of uh, Toilet Todd in the Elger Toilet commercials. Uh-huh. I'm the voice of Carl the Urinal Cake in those Elger Urinal commercials. Uh, I'm Thicky the Toilet Paper Roll in those Quilt Right bathroom tissue spots. 
And I'm also Gnarly Jack, the jock itch rash in those jock rid cream commercials. Wow. Well, that's a real, uh, real, real collection of, of proud, uh, proud characters in your stable. I know. And I'll tell you one thing. I even did a Bob's Burgers the other day. Wait. You're, you're on Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard of it. Yeah. Everyone who's anyone is on it. Have uh-huh. you been on it? Um, no, I haven't. Oh, man. Well, I guess they're making some right decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else is oh, on my episode? Nice. Who? Jeff Galuli. Jeff Galuli. Yeah. The from the Tanya Harding scandal. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, oh my, you know, this is this is just beyond the pale. This is just you you've got all the tood still. Right. Uh-huh. But, but, you know, you've gone from being like the, the millionaire glam metal rock playboy to, to being the voice of like fungus and jock itch rash. Yep. Uh huh. And you don't see any difference or drop off with that. You're happy with where you're at. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm totally, I'm, Totally blessed. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you, right where you, I want to be. Yeah. You don't sound particularly convinced. No, Tom. I'm totally blessed. Uh huh. Well, you got my name right, at least. Right. Yeah. Tom. That's one thing. That's got to. Hang on. What's, what's going on out there? Hang on. Oh no. What? Wait, let me get a better look at this. Oh no. Oh no. What? Oh my god. Maria must have gotten mucho tired of my guano. Uh huh. And made some calls. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no! Yeah. That Mexican Deathmobile has dos bonitos. So, two horns. Okay. What's what's going on there, Jake? Oh no! It's El Chapo. He's standing in my driveway. Okay, El Chapo. Oh my God! What? He just started. He just took out and set up this Mexican catapult. You're never gonna guess what what's in the catapult. What? I have no idea. It's a a VW Rabbit. He's going to launch it at me. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. Hey, uh, Jake, this might not be the best time to ask, but, like, why, what differentiates a catapult from what you're calling a Mexican catapult? You know, that's a really good question. And then I'll tell you one thing. It's a lesson for yours truly not to make assumptions about things. You know, it's, it's, uh, it actually reminds me of, uh, of, of this time I was, I was partying with, uh, with Ozzy. Uh, oh no. What? Oh no, he shot it. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, my house is totally glass. Hello, Jake? 
Oh my god, that's it. He's gone. Oh my goodness. Oh, jeepers creepers. Who could have... Oh my goodness. This house was totally glass. Could never have... I guess that's why you don't live in glass houses, huh? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Other things I got to talk about here. Hmm. Still looking for... I got an email from someone. I, I put out the, the request for someone from a... Uh, who appeared in a Papa John's commercial to call up. So I'm still looking for that. Someone did email me about that, but I'm still, uh, we have not, uh, gotten them on the air yet. If you have appeared in a Papa John's commercial with Papa John, I will keep you anonymous. Or if you've worked on the crew, I would love to just talk to you about it. Completely anonymous. Uh, uh, I want to know what it's like to be on the set of a Papa John's commercial. And I want to, uh, ask whoever it was that sent me the, um, the Mickey Dolan's LP, uh, the best of the MGM singles. I, uh, was, uh, it was not cheap. But you sent it to me, and it, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Do you want to switch in the other uh, uh, visitor? And uh, I believe next week we will be doing a uh, a uh, uh, an AMA, an Ask Me Anything. It'll be a Sharpling and Worcester AMA. I'll give. There'll be more information on that. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you all about it on, uh, when that's gonna be. But it's coming. Coming to Reddit. How about that? Maybe do some of those writing prompts. Maybe the funniest thing, that's a whole other show we're gonna do. <clears throat> are these, uh, there's a thing called writing prompts on, on Reddit where it's like people try to pitch, uh, story ideas to like get your, Get your writing going. And it's, it's really awesome that the world will have more terrible Star Wars based, uh, fiction in it. I think that's awesome. Uh, hey Mike, can you ask, uh, our, our lawyer friend if, if, uh, is that who's on hold? Can she call in 15 more minutes? Can she do 11.30? In the meantime, I'm going to go to the phones. Oh, by all the, again, we have tickets to all four of the Sharpling and Worcester live shows. Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. You can see the dates over at Stereolaughs.com slash tour. Stereolaughs, that's the word stereo, and laughs is L-A-F-F-S dot com slash tour. And we're doing these live shows. They're going to be awesome. I'm telling you, we've got guests and it's so much fun. And who knows when we'd ever come back to any of these cities. So 
if you're in Seattle or Portland or San Francisco or Los Angeles, you got to go to them. I know the 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 the, the dominoes are going to start dropping, man. Shows are going to start uh selling out. And do not sleep on that. We are giving tickets away. A pair for each city. You go on Twitter. You tweet uh, at me, at Sharpling, and at AP Mike, and you tell Mike why you should uh, be the recipient of the tickets. Be sure to be specific about the city. Are you getting good requests, Mike? Good, good. And also, the other thing with Mike, and if I, I gotta say this, otherwise I'll never hear the end of it, is, he cried to me, and almost, and when I say cried, I, I'm not saying that figure, he was almost in tears, that he's not verified on Twitter. And this is something he takes very, uh, seriously. He needs to be verified on Twitter, cause, uh, and it's a fair point. It's a fair point. He wants to be verified. I don't have a connection anymore to, to the Twitter, uh, Twitterazzi or whatever you'd call it. Um, if you know how to get Mike verified on Twitter, please, uh, contact me, contact Mike. It's something that means a lot to him because, uh, he, otherwise he's gonna, he could very well have, um, one of these uh, guys from Masses posing as, like, I don't know, like who, Jungle Jim Jerry or whoever? Who is it again? Jimmy Windows. Jimmy Windows could set up a parodic account and uh, pass himself off as AP Mike. Wouldn't want that to happen. And the topic again on the table, crimes against showbiz, where you uh, you make the case, you tell me something... And we will build out, uh, we will get our lawyer friend, Grace, to uh, help us explain what the convictions would be. Uh, Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Dan and Carney. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Dan and Carney. Now, this is a regular caller, this guy, Dan and Carney. And for when, for people listening, this is a thing you don't realize, Dan. This show is, this is not, uh, this is not New Jersey 101.5 local radio where everybody just, Ah, Carney. People don't know what or where Carney is. I'm going to tell them. Carney is a town in New Jersey that, um, imagine a tire fire. Just imagine a burning tires, right? Now imagine the, that they took the form of a town and yeah, maybe throw in a pizzeria or two and some places where cars get fenced and then you've got Carney. That fair? Yeah, maybe a few more pizza places. A few more pizza places. So I was being, I went a little too light on the amount of pizza places. Yeah, probably. I think so. So Dan, do you have something for the topic? Is there a, a movie or a song that you want to hear what the legal ramifications would be for the character in that song or movie? Yes, yes, there is. Let's see, what is it? There's a there's a song where there's a, a little bit of violence, All right. some harassment. Give me the name and, of the song. Um, uh, the name of the song is Hey, A.P. Mike. Hey, A.P. Mike. That's by Gary the Squirrel. Yep, Gary and the Heartthrobs, right? Gary and the Heartthrobs. I'm writing this down. And uh, are there any lyrics you want to uh, bring up uh, to... Well, 
Yeah, well, I would say is uh, you're getting bopped by a squirrel, and then what's wow. the lyric? Uh, I'll knock you out and put you in the pavement. I think that's the, the way it goes. I think it goes, gonna punch you out and watch you hit the pavement. Oh, okay. And everyone will know that Gary the Squirrel is the champ. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then, and then there's, of course, the verbal, you know, sort of the harassment mm-hmm. angle where, where, um, you know, you're, you're as dumb as a box of rocks. Well, so there's and, the yeah, so there's the 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 dumb. He's calling him dumb in it. Okay, I'll I'll bring that up to the lawyer. Thank you very much, Tom. I thank you, Dan. It. Okay, of course, of course. Best show. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey. Best show. You're on the air. Hello? Hello, yes. Hi, this is Emily from Austin. Emily from Austin. What's going on in Austin tonight, Emily? Well, there's a lot going on. I, I actually have... Is it weird? Uh, is it weird? Yeah, yeah, it's still weird. Um, are you working to keep said, it weird, or are you trying to make it more normal? Be honest. I'm actively very weird, and I'm not doing it for any particular purpose. How weird are you? Do you have, like, a... Uh, what pets do you have? Well, okay, maybe it's not that weird, but I do um, dance alone in public a lot. Okay, well that's fine. Where, like, like at a, a, a laundromat, like a Flaming Lips video? <laughs> Just like, no, I'm not alone. I have my dog with me, but it's in a park. What's your dog's name? Andre. Andre. What kind of dog yeah. is Andre? He's a boxer. He's a boxer. Mm-hmm. Do you ever sing the song The Boxer to Andre? No, but I will now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In the distance there's a lot. boxer, right? Now you're going <laughs> to sing that and you're going to go, Andre. <laughs> La 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 la, Andre, Andre. All right, neither here nor there. What? What? Uh, do you have something for the topic? I do, but I'm concerned that my top one uh, has already been said. All right. Well, don't worry. Gonna... Don't worry about it. What is it? Okay. Uh, well, it's weekend at Bernie's. Uh, that that is one we are going to bring up. But tell me why. Give me give me what I should say to the to the. Uh, to the uh the 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 uh the uh the lawyer. Okay, um there's two aspects I'm curious about. The first one is how illegal is it to not report uh a dead body and to keep it hanging around you if you're not having sex with it or whatever. And the second part of it is Okay, I'm gonna just bring uh, over that. Sorry, I'm just going to breeze. Aspect, I'm going to breeze. I'm going to breeze over that part, that final thing you said there. Well, that's uh, I only said that because that's the only context in which I've realistically heard of that happening. Mm-hmm. But um you know, in the movie it was all fun and games. So, I'm just wondering if that maybe is like a lesser crime or you know, sure. how illegal is it? Okay. I think that's a great one. I had definitely had it written down, but I wanted to hear somebody explain their take on it. Okay. That's a great one. 
Thank you. I'm sure. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Hi. I'm being told there's a, a, a there's somebody on uh, on the hotline who wants to discuss uh, a hot topic. I'm being told uh, Joe is here. Joe. Hey Tom. Hello. Hi Joe. How's it going? It's going all right. What's going now? You Joe. Joe, you uh, do a podcast. True or false? That's true. Okay. Now, tell me what is the name of this podcast? The podcast is called The Trap Set. The Trap. I'm going to write this down. The Trap Set. And this this the the this podcast is about what are you are doing some sort of is this like a like a deliverance type scenario where you uh bait the woods and and uh you're trying to get people to fall into like pits and things? Is that what this is teaching people how to do that? Well, I condemn that. As a, well, it's kind of maybe like in an existential way, but it's it's actually really just about drummers and their lives. Okay, it's about drummers. That's right. All right, now you got okay. So so it's not illegal. Now I'm with no. you. All right. So it's about drummers and their lives. Like, uh, and why on earth would you? call me to talk about that why i can't i can't think of literally i cannot think of one reason what you would have to talk to me about drummers well one of your associates is, happens to be our guest uh tomorrow john worster what it's true so john worster of sharpling and worster fame that very john worster the john worster who will be performing on the West Coast tour, he will be appearing at Numo's in Seattle on Thursday, August 27th. Uh, Doug Fur in Portland, Oregon on Saturday, August 29th. Uh, and San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall on Thursday, September 3rd. And, and Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater on Saturday, September 5th. Tickets available over at stereolaughs.com slash tour. That John Worster? That very John Worster. The John Worster who drums with the Mountain Goats, and Bob Mould. That same John Worcester. He's on your show. He is. Tell In me fact, more. we're going to put his episode up uh, the minute that your show ends tonight. It'll be available at midnight. All right. Well, so, so you did it already, I'm assuming. Yeah, he, we did it when uh, you guys were in town last, okay. a couple months ago. And it's it's a sit down. It's a sit down, and we just we talk about his life, and uh, we talked about how he got started in music, and how he got started in comedy, and uh, sobriety, and uh, all sorts of different stuff. We don't even talk about drumming at all, really. Okay, I like. I want to hear this. Where can I hear it though? Where? Where? Well, you can hear it on iTunes. Or you can hear it on our website, thetrapset.net. All right, thetrapset.net. The traps, that's drum sets, right? That's right. It's a, a short for contraption. That's okay. what they used to call the drum set in the early days. Who else has been on this show? Who else has been on? You have uh, the, uh, Carmen Apache? Carmen Apache uh, been on this thing? Got, not got, yet. Uh, we haven't had Carmine yet. What about, uh, what about the guy responsible for, uh, you know... The talking drum, doo, 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 right? Bill Bruford, you get him on there. Not yet, right? Not yet. 
right? Bill's he, retired, so I don't know if he'll do the interview yeah, yet. I could still but. talk about uh, Lark's Tongues in Aspic. That would be cool. I okay. hope so. Get him on there. Say what it was like making red. <laughs> Although you're not interested in that part. That's guitars. You hate guitars at the trap. I set. love guitars, too. You do? Yeah. Maybe the spinoff uh, podcast will be all about guitars. The spinoff? So you guys are going, you're, you're <laughs> launching, you got a whole industry going over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this thing. We've had other friends of yours, like Cliff Skurlock, formerly of the Flaming Lips. Oh. He told us all about that debacle. And great guy, great guy. One of my like favorite Drumbo, people. who played in uh, Captain Beefheart's band, and mm-hmm. he Billy was Gotham, so wait, Dr- but Drumbo was a guy who, fun fact, was uh, kidnapped by Captain Beefheart and held in a torture chamber uh, with other members of the Magic Band as they recorded uh, his albums. Yeah, actually, he talks about that a little bit. He talks about um, Beefheart beating him up. And uh, turning the other members against each other. Yeah, I tell you, I love nothing. I go back, this is what I do. I get a time machine, here's the order of things. First thing I do, go back, Get make sure Billy Crystal does not enter a comedy. Do something. Right. Right? Second thing. I'm with you. Then we take care of Hitler, number two. That's one and one A. You could do one, maybe I do the Hitler thing first. <laughs> Third thing I do, I go back, find Captain Beefheart, and smack him around. Right? You little bully. You weird, weird, right? Weird bully. Yeah, you know what it's like to be a bully? I'd go to him and go, right? Sing his own songs right in his face. Moonlight in Vermont. Right? Smack him. <laughs> right? How's that feel? I don't know, man. He might have gotten you under his spell. Nah. Trumbo's a smart guy, and he... Nah. uh he fell underneath. Uh, he fell under Beefheart's spell. I'll get him under my spell. Okay. Right, Major. Uh, it'll be uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Commander Tom and his magic band, featuring <laughs> one. He'll be. I'll, I'll force him into the Paul Rutherford role. Frankie goes to Hollywood to style. That. Right. He'll be my hype man. Sure. What do you want? No, I'm kidding, Mike. Tell, you know what you tell, okay, I, I'm gonna talk to her. Joe, everyone's gonna check out the trap set, and they're all gonna download it, and they're all gonna enjoy this interview with John Worcester that sounds like, uh, something I really do wanna hear. And, uh, everybody else is gonna wanna hear it, cause, uh, John is, uh, the best dude going, so. He pretty much is. Well. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Of course. Thank you, Joe. And you Have keep. A great night. Keep beating those drums, my man. I will. Right? I will. Keep your sticks high and uh, and uh, your drum pedal tight. <laughs> you know it. Okay, I'll talk to you later. You too. Thanks. Bye. What line, Mike? Okay. Okay. Coco wants to nominate uh, for the topic. Coco from the Etz, friend of the show, wants to nominate. Lady Willpower, it's now or never. That song by the amazing Gary Puckett, who his greatest hits album would be called Exhibit A in uh, a trial because he's uh, 
He's as crooked as the day's long, man, that guy. But I think I might just put young girl up. Just This is going to be an open and shut case. Uh, The People versus Gary Puckett. Best show, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Hi. This is Matt in Houston. Am I on the air now? You are, Matt. What's up? Hey, this is Tom, hey, Matt. What's going I on? I want to know what what happened to Neil Young and Powderfinger. Wait. You know that song? That sounds like a suicide, though. Right? Because his face oh. splashed in the sky. Well, you're good. Um, no, I just paid attention to the lyrics. Put the gun up to um, his face. What do you think happened? Wait, hold on. Put Raise the, the rifle to my eye. To no, no, my eye. My Who shoots themselves in the eye? I think, like, he was using his eye to aim. And then, like, he shot the guys in the white boat. But, yeah, well, why'd his face back? splash in the sky, then? Oh, yeah, no, this is, this is, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nincompoop. Think about it. Get off my phone. Best show, you're on the air. Think about it. Hello? Yeah, I didn't need to hear me bouncing back at me like that, but what's up, buddy? I'm sorry. I have my... I have... I listened to you... Look, I don't need to know why. Just let's get to it. Well, who is Uh, this? But my phone isn't very good. Yeah, no, no kidding. Who is this? Andy Kindler. Oh, my God. Why am I being mean to you? It's Andy Kindler. I I thought you were doing the bit. No, I wasn't. I was actually honestly being mean to a, a caller. I didn't realize it's one of the the titans of comedy, one of the the uh, the Andy the King Kindler. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Right? I would continue if I were you. I wouldn't go that. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm very self. I'm self-effacing now. Well, that's nice. There are many good comics, and I'm happy to be one of them. Now you, Andy Kindler, uh, AndyKindler.com, uh, at <laughs> a, at Andy Kindler, one of the one of the the uh, the the you're you're what they call a comics comic. That's right. I'm the comic you hate to listen to. Oh, uh-huh. that's wrong. Uh huh. Because I love, I love when you. That to me is a total. It's the biggest insult going. What you felt about that last joke. <laughs> but calling you a comics comic is a super in it's a huge insult right and it's like a backhanded compliment it's like saying right. yeah no humans don't like you like paying customers you're not a paying customers comic you're a comics comic i also like when they people over explain it well it's not the, it's not the, what he's he's not saying funny jokes that's not what he does <laughs> he's the joke is the de- de- deconstruction. He puts it back in, in your face. He says, why are we laughing? But you do. You turn it on everybody, like with your uh, with your legendary. You're, you're also, many refer to you as the, like the bad boy of comedy. Like you're a, <laughs> you're a bad boy. You're like, uh, meaning that your jokes are uh, Ab- from Abbott and Costello. You do a lot of. <laughs> Their material is what that yeah. means. Uh, Mr. Fields comes over and he says, look through this uh, this little thing. And I take ad paste. That's my favorite episode of Abbott and Costello is when they mix up ant paste with uh-huh. antipasto. Ant paste. Yeah, because antipasto comes in the can. Yeah, 
Yeah. You always keep it next to the ant yeah. paste. Now that sounds like that sounds like Abbott and Costello really just wanted to be anywhere other than filming this thing at that point. This Fine. Is uh... You know what you, you know what I picture when I hear that? I picture one of them going, Yeah, we could sell that. Let's just do it and get out of here. Like, yeah, I could sell that. Just make sure it says ant paste really big on the can. I'll sell it. It's it's stupid, and if you idiots ever write something that dumb again, you're all fired. But uh, <laughs> I can sell that. I was I, I could stop watching their show when I was a kid, and I didn't understand Stinky. Stinky was it bothered me. Stinky it got to me. Now, See, Andy, now, you, is, you 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 do the I've got nothing. You do the uh, you do the 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 state of the industry thing where you go to Montreal and you right. you you turn a mirror to the business of comedy and you make all these people look at themselves and see the the what they really are. Right. And how's that? How's, turn, how's yeah, that working I, for you? Well, first of all, I was thrilled. You, I got a I got a shout out. Uh huh. From yeah. you, yeah, yeah, that was because uh, I listened to it, and you, uh, you're giving the business to everybody. You're giving it to to Seinfeld and to Seinfeld, Ricky Gervais. I don't think I hit Ricky Gervais this year. Didn't you say some asm atheist thing? And didn't you get a thing in there with that? Probably. But probably. who who you gave the big who Seinfeld was the big one, right? Well, Seinfeld was the big one because he didn't. Uh, because uh, he really, and I, I like, I, I love that show, Seinfeld. I, I watch reruns of it all the time. Mm-hmm. My wife enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Who am I turned into? But I look. They ran- can't hire you anymore. They uh, they're not no, making no. they're not making more of those. You can stop. I feel like every ship has sailed. I really, mm-hmm. I really don't think that long anymore about but, what, what will what will happen. Like it, like at this point, you're not even sure if if uh, if you if Andy Kindler would return your calls. Right, I'm turned off by what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be associated. You're, you're stepping. Andy Kindler is stepping away from Andy Kindler at this point, yeah. looking to I distance himself. I like to distance myself from my own act, as you know, and then mm-hmm. I say something weird. I go, "Who wrote this?" Kind of thing. I hate when I launch into an actual line from my act. And so uh, it makes me a fraud. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Now, but with with, with your with, with your act, your act, which yeah. is uh, very fresh and very contemporary, and <laughs> just reference it, it's reference very reference. It just you yeah. you do this thing, the state of the industry, which people can hear online, and it's it's really funny. Because the Seinfeld thing, you're giving him the business because he uh, he uh, was complaining about uh, how like you couldn't he couldn't tell certain jokes anymore, and uh, and it's like when did when did this guy become like it's like it's like the guy you know he's he's doing the equivalent of somebody who who wants there to be a draft once he's he turns fifty he's yeah, like yeah, right, right. he's like you know what there he really should deserve. be a draft. Uh, I think he got very, I mean, it was very strange because he goes on this, I don't know if you listened to the Cowherd show. No, I didn't hear. He was on Colin Cowherd. 
Yeah, that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. And and just the fact that he doesn't that uh, two things bother me that he doesn't play colleges. He doesn't mm-hmm. play them. Yeah, because he's moaning so, about call. I'll never play a college as if he's not playing anywhere that's not Las Vegas. Yeah, casinos, yeah. various casinos. Yeah, and then so he does that, and then he just decides that uh, the PC poli- police are around. And meanwhile, this guy has said the most ridiculous things over his career. He used to say everybody had to be clean, 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 mm-hmm. clean, mm-hmm. and now he's saying uh, he admires. You know, Louis C.K. is not afraid to say uh, anything he wants to say. I mean, I don't understand what he, is he saying that he has a a chi- he, that he would do a child molestation chunk. I mean, I don't really know what he's saying. Well, you know what he's saying now? He's like the guy who is like the guy behind the guy who's beating people up and who like is yelling at the person getting beat up. Like, yeah, we're beating you up right now. Right. But he's not punching anybody. Yeah, but I I, I mean, I know it's superficial, but I probably, I know I'm filled, I'm filled with rage. You don't have to tell, you don't have to tell me that, but. If I, at some point, don't you think he'd at some point during the day say, I've got a billion dollars in the bank. What is mm-hmm. exactly, what am I worried about? I've never, look, this is what I'll say about that guy. And uh, I've never seen anybody more proud of how much money they have than that guy. And more gloating about that he won, uh, that he just won in life. Like he just, rather than, he's there's no graciousness to any of it. He's... He flaunts it. He makes, it's like he's trying to make you feel bad that you didn't win like he won with everything. <laughs> well, he was on uh, he was on Seth Meyers, and he goes into this whole thing about how he doesn't even want to be on the show. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be on the show. Yeah, well, he doesn't have and to. I don't want to do a pre-interview. Why should I have to do a pre-interview? You know what I would what have done that? then? You know what I would have done if I was saying? I would have I would have walked him out. Great, you don't have to be. Get off my show, right? Get out yeah. of here. What are you gonna? What are you gonna not not invite me on the marriage ref? Right? You're not gonna let me. Not gonna let me drive around in a Model T with you. Uh, with, if if yeah. I don't if I bounce you off my show right now, you're not gonna let me drive in a in a, 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 a like a, a we're not gonna drive in a Packard. Uh, <laughs> on, we're not gonna be on the Van Wick Expressway on a in a Packard, right? <laughs> I just love that he's. I just love that he is. I just love that he. And on the other thing is that a lot of it's based on this one bit that he does, where he says, uh, "Who are these?" Don't you hate these people with the iPhones? And then all of a sudden they start operating it like a gay French gang. Yeah. And it didn't get a huge. That's the thing that bothers me. He's never gone. He's never taken a risk in his stand-up. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld was a risk because they did great stuff yeah but one joke doesn't get they don't stand up and cheer him yeah and now he's predicting the end of comedy yeah yeah because because he uh you know this guy this guy's a, a bum and a, a a rat and a, a, a he served his purpose we got this uh one great thing from him but everything else is like uh it, it's 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 like a, a an all you can eat buffet at uh at a, at a, a, a place that where they serve food out of toilets. <laughs> and look, I know that's a very elegant uh, metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> and it might be one that you've heard one too many times. So I know that it's a little cliched, 
but there's a reason why cliches are cliches because we hear them so much because they're true. So the cliche about uh, the cliche that I just said about eating at the all you can eat buffet that is served out of toilets. Uh, right. There's a reason why <laughs> there's a reason why that's worked itself into the the common lexicon of people. Um, I'm becoming and you. Oh, no, I'm becoming you. Why is he typing? <laughs> hey, welcome to my world. No. But uh, I, maybe that should be my catchphrase. Welcome uh-huh. to my world. Welcome to welcome to my world. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And like you should underline like you could have it be like welcome to my world, but then people aren't sure how that it's phrased if they right. see it just written out, and you're just like, no, it's not welcome to my. It's not like you're doing welcome to my world, like you're singing that song. It's like no, welcome to my world. Yeah, from the guy who brought you join the club. It's welcome to my world. <laughs> From the guy who brought From you. From the guy who brought Now, you, have you covered the whole Billy Crystal and how uh, that show, were you, did you rivet, were you riveted to the comedians? It was about, first of all, they did it, I, I don't know if you've seen this before, but they did it like a fake, it was fake documentary. If you see, I don't know if you've seen that premise before. Well, I was, I was, the, I gotta say, I started watching it, I was a little terrified. I didn't, I was like, do these guys know that they're being filmed? I actually called, I actually called over at, uh, I called his management and I was like, Hey guys, uh, I just want to let you know, I think somebody might be filming your client, uh, uh, unbeknownst to him. I think there's, <laughs> you guys might want to look into this. I think there's some, some sneaky, uh, some sneaky doings going here where they're, they're filming him and putting it on television. Oh, so he—that could be the actual truth. It could be that Billy Crystal thought it was an actual sketch show. Yeah, because he—they were saying like he would. The thing that's so great about because uh, the thing that's so great about Billy is he'll stay in makeup for eight hours, mm-hmm. dress up like a like a swamp thing, just so they can <laughs> use that as a launching off point. Hey, we're not going to do the swamp thing, bitch. Yeah. And then they get in an argument with Josh Gad. And well, I don't know when, when Josh Gad arrived on this. Nobody alerted me that he was going to be in, in everything. He, 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 he jumps out of my mailbox in the morning, does 10 minutes. When did Josh Gad, why, why Josh Gad, I uh-huh. think. Yeah. Andy, this is, I, I wish I had all night to talk to you. I have a lawyer on the other line. I have a lawyer who's waiting oh, for I me to pick up. I blew it. No, you didn't. No, you scored. This was like, this was like a, this was like, this was like a cameo that no one saw coming and everybody just had a blast and then they wish it could keep going on, but the clock says otherwise. We we just don't have time to go further. We just don't have time. When, when, when are you coming to New York City again? I'm going to be at the Union Hall thing again. Really? When is that? Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving. Will you please come here? Can we figure that out? I would love to come to the studio, but what if I come to the studio and pull a pull a Kindler like I did tonight? Oh, I would love nothing more than to have you here for three hours. I'm telling you, please come by. All right. Hey, you know what? To, to, um, I have to go too. You know, oh, I have okay. a, no, I know you're very busy, man. Very busy, man. I'm very sorry, okay. Tom. Okay. No, stop. I, I'm glad I could be the sorbet. Well, thank you for calling, buddy. I do appreciate it. I'll talk to you. I love you, man. I love you, too. Bye. See? We love each other in show business. Best show, you're on the air. 
Oh, hey, Tom. It's Bonaventure in Canada. How are you? Bonaventure. You have something for the topic? Uh, yeah, I had uh, Jareth the Goblin King. The what? Uh, Jareth the Goblin King from the Henson movie The Labyrinth. I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what Labyrinth is, but I don't know what he did. Oh, he uh, kidnaps a baby, coerces Jennifer Conley, and uh, he has like a bunch of like Muppet, like ugly Muppets. Yeah, that uh, one's upsetting me. That's upsetting me. I'm hanging up on you. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Who's this? Good. This is Evan from Saskatchewan. Evan from Saskatchewan. What do you have for the topic? Well, for the topic, I was thinking hider in the house, but I had something else for you, Tom. What What do you got? Well, you were talking about Garrison Keillor earlier and yeah. Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could be, because I'm sort of a bumpkin, a rural person, uh-huh. if you could be, maybe you could be our Garrison Keeler. Of, of, maybe, of, uh, of Canada? Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn Home Companion. Tell us about Nintendo and and jump rope, pub crawls, and all that. Hmm. No. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Uh, hi, who's this? This is Alex from Toronto. Alex from Toronto. What's up, Alex? You got something for the topic? Yeah, I have an idea. Um, I was thinking about uh, Rushmore. There's a scene where, uh, I hope this isn't spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this movie yet. But Oh, stop. Scene... <laughs> You're really worried about a spoiler movie from 1996? People had their shock. Culture's changing, man. Culture can change so, back if it's such a thing as a spoiler from 18 years. They've had to watch it. I'm so, telling you this also. If somebody will email me and tell me about um, this movie, The Gift, that's coming out now, the the Jason Bateman movie, I have no interest in seeing it. I just want to know what the twist is. If someone would email me <laughs> and tell me the twist, I would appreciate it. So go ahead. What do you got there, champ? So... There's the payback scene where set to that Who song. Yeah, uh, quick one. Max Fisher and and Bill Murray go back to back. And the one thing I'm wondering about is so Max Fisher sets loose bees in his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Then Bill Murray runs over his bike after un, after breaking the train on it, which mm-hmm. is like that's double illegal. And then Max Fisher cuts his brake lines, which he does get arrested for, I think. But what I'm curious about is. Is it actually illegal to set loose bees in a hotel room? All right, I'll ask on that one. I'll ask what that would be. All right. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to... Hello, Best Show. Hi. Hi, is this Grace? It is. Grace, how are you? I'm doing still pretty good. All right, we got a bunch of things I want to run by you. So strap in. Get ready for this. First thing. First one, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, two men uh, gallivanting with a corpse. <laughs> and they're pretending that the person's alive. They're putting him on, they're putting him in boats. He's flying into the water. They're not reporting a, a death, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would the charges be for that, for, for, for running around with a corpse? Um, well, in that case, it is a crime called concealing of death, and that is a low-level felony. Concealment of death? Concealing a death. Concealing a death. 
Okay, and that's a felony. And what would the charge? How? What? What kind of? If those two go, let's figure those two guys. Neither one's going to flip on the other guy. They're both going down uh, Menendez style. Uh, what? 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 Uh, what is the sentence for these two uh, monsters? Because um, because at one point I will say this, Grace. At one point, they expose a child to the corpse. Also, so there's child endangerment. As well, there's a child who buries the corpse, and uh, as if he's uh, burying uh, like a uh, like a person in the sand on the beach, so he's playing with a corpse, which is uh, ghoulish. I will give you the child endangerment if it were just the concealing a death. Okay. I believe that I could get them off potentially with. Um, community service and fine, believe it or not, given how low the felony is. For the amount of gallivanting that they do with that corpse, they're sticking things to his head, they're stapling his toupee on, and he, they're, they're beating Interestingly him. Interestingly enough, uh-huh. um, desecrating a corpse, at least in my jurisdiction, is only a problem if it has been buried in a cemetery, and if I recall, um, oh he had just died. So, oh... Oh, so you're saying, but let's add in the child, the ghoulishness of involving a child in it. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of jail time. Okay, some jail. So what are we looking at? Are you, six um, months in jail? Uh, somewhere around there, six to eight. <laughs> oh, that's, okay, all right. More for endangering the child than gallivanting the court. Right. Now I want to read some song lyrics to you. Uh, okay. By uh, are you familiar with? Well, I'm just going to read them to you. You tell me what okay. what you make of this. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. With all the charms of a woman, you've kept the secret of your youth. You've led me to believe that you're old enough to give me love. And now it hurts to know the truth. Beneath your perfume and makeup, you're just a baby in disguise. And though you know that it's wrong to be alone with me, that come on look is in your eyes. So hurry home to your mama. I'm sure she wonders where you are. Get out of here before I have the time to change my mind, because I'm afraid we'll go too far. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. Oh, my God. I sang that. Yeah. Like, I fell yeah. to that. Yep. You sure did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so let's say that that's, that's exhibit A, right? Then uh, this gets entered into... Uh, Lady willpower, it's now or never. Give your love to me and I'll shower your heart with tenderness endlessly. I know you want to see me, but you're afraid of what I might have on my mind. One thing you can be sure of, I'll take good care of your love if you will let me give you mine. Lady willpower, it's now or never. Give your love to me and I'll shower your heart with tenderness endlessly. Did no one ever tell you the facts of life? Well, there's so much you have to learn. And I would gladly teach you if I could only reach you and get your loving in return. 
Okay. Um, those two combined, I think, would be um, something called solicitation of a minor to commit an unlawful sex act. Okay. And and what would be the what would be the send what what would somebody get put away for that for? Um, that would probably be about two to three years, um, and some period of time on the sex offender registry. <laughs> okay, so Gary Puckett would be in jail for two to three years, and come out and would be on a sex offender registry when he got out. Mm-hmm. For right. I'd say at least ten years. Okay, you do a good ten years. So would he, when he would go to play a show, would he have to infor- tell everyone at the show? First, he'd have to tell the union gap that he was a sex offender, right? Yes. He'd have to tell the other members of the union gap, I am a registered sex offender. <laughs> and, then, late, and then when he'd be playing a show, like it would be like the grassroots, Gary Puckett and the union yeah. gap and, and uh, you know, the lemon pipers, it would be like, ladies and gentlemen... Gary Puckett is a registered sex offender. Like, you know, like a reverse Elvis instead of <laughs> yes. a re- yeah, yeah. Gary Puckett is leaving the building. Gary <laughs> yeah. Puckett is entering the yes. building. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Puckett, a registered sex <laughs> offender, has entered the building. That would be the <laughs> announcement. Here, I'm going to read something else to you. Okay. Different. So Gary Puckett, two to three years on a sex offender registry. Here's one thing. One foot on the brake and one on the gas. Well, there's too much traffic. I can't pass. So I tried my best illegal move. A big black and white come and crush my groove again. Go on and write me up for 125. <laughs> Post my face wanted dead or alive. Take my license. All that jive. I can't drive 55. So I signed my name. So he's already in front of the judge here. He says, mm-hmm. then he says, Here's the thing, like, so he seems like he got put away for this already. Like, he got sentenced. Because <laughs> the judge says, boy, just one more. I'm going to throw your ass in the city joint. Looked me in the eye, said, you get my point. I said, yeah. So then he gets out of jail, and then he says, when I drive that slow, you know, it's hard to steer. I can't get my car out of second gear. What used to take two hours now takes all day. It took me 16 <laughs> hours to get to L.A., Go on and write me up for 125, post my face, wanted dead or alive, take my license, all that job. I can't drive 55. So he got put away for it, and he's a, he's reverting to his, his old ways. So this is a repeat offender. Uh-huh. What happens to Sammy Hagar in this situation legally? Um, well, honestly, not a whole lot. Okay. He would lose his license for a year and get a fine. Okay, so he loses his license. <laughs> he loses his license. Okay. And gets a fine. All right. Um, not doing this Van Wilder one. Sorry. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, the movie School of Rock, uh, Jack Black impersonates uh, a teacher and uh, mm-hmm. accepts payment and then takes the kids off campus and puts them into a battle of the bands. Ooh. Oh, my God. That's a really good one. Yeah. I mean, there's something called obtaining property by a false pretense, and that covers his paycheck because he's getting paid to be okay. a substitute, if I remember. Yeah. 
But as to, to taking the kids somewhere, I, that could be kidnapping. Kidnapping? <laughs> so what kind of charge is Dewey from School of Rock looking at? If that is, if I am thinking correctly, I believe that is first-degree kidnapping, which is the worst kind of kidnapping. Okay. Which would be what kind of sentence here? Like, he could go to jail for a long time because they could um, have their sentences go consecutively. Uh So we could be talking more than life in prison. So life. Let's just say life in prison. Okay. Life in prison. All right. I think we have we have one more. Somebody wanted to know, some weird caller who I this is this one's a fringy one. Okay. From the movie Rushmore, Jason Schwartzman lets off bees in a hotel. He lets off what? He brings in he brings in like a like a box of 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 Bees, like live bees. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I suppose I suppose that could be some form of assault with a deadly weapon. Okay, so it's okay. Cause then Bill Murray gets stung by them. Does anybody die? No, nobody dies. He just gets yeah. stung by them. Yeah, if it's just Bill Murray, I'd have to go with assault with a deadly weapon. Okay. All right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. That's a that's a good one. And how long does that put him away for? Eh, I don't know, probably about a year. A year. Final one. In the movie Pixels, Kevin James shoots a smurf. I haven't seen the movie, I'm just seeing the trailer. <laughs> well what would you get for shooting a smurf? Smurfs are not people, so uh, at least under the law, so oh. I'm going to have to go with Kevin James is discharging a firearm in city limits <laughs> uh, community service for a dismissal. Um, all right. Grace, I have to say that you, uh, this has been so awesome, you, but you're super, you've been so awesome to do this and super funny, and I hope oh, we can do, you. I hope we can do this again, and thank you for I being a part of the show. Thank you so much, and uh, just thanks for the opportunity. Yes, I well, I can't thank you enough, and and uh, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, All right, take care. Bye. All right, bye. That was fun, right, Mike? And Mike picked the winners of the. Uh, Mike picked the winners here of the uh, of the tickets. Let's go back to the phones. Any of these, you should. If you're on hold right now, we're not talking about the topic anymore. So, uh, oh, wait, are we doing a half hour power tonight? Yeah. Guys, we're doing a half hour power. We got a special guest is going to be in on it. You going to do it? I want this guy to be a secret. It's going to be a secret. On the half hour power. Is that all right that it's a secret? Give me a thumbs up. You didn't even nod. This guy knows how to play the secret game. tell you Got this Paul Bruno Paul Bruno moaning on Twitter man he's got a sweatier Twitter account than uh, Harry Dean Stanton and Repo Man man 
Harry Dean. You see, Harry, every movie, Harry Dean Stanton. That guy, that guy is, if there was a, if there was a, a hall of fame for people who sweat, I'd be in it, right? Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton would be in the hall of fame like this. Every movie's sweaty. You know what I mean? He's in a cheap suit and he's sweating up a storm. Every movie. Looks like somebody dumped a bucket of water on his head. Every movie. Harry Dean Stanton. Guy's sweating up a storm. And Paul Bruno. He's the Twitter equivalent of Harry Dean Stanton. It's a sweaty Twitter account. Either he's browbeating me into not uh, following the letter of the law with his band or he's complaining about some wrestler or he's moaning about Staten Island I tell you so we're going to do the half hour power it's going to be three hours of unscreened calls and you should uh, we'll do it in a matter of minutes and we'll reveal our special guest uh, super caller that's all I'll say super caller being that the other super callers, uh, uh, are, well, this one's a surprise. This one's the surprising one, I think. Um, yeah, we'll do that. So you're going to call 201-332-3484. Uh, best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? This is Evan again uh, from Saskatchewan. Ah, Evan in Saskatchewan. What's up? Well, I was wondering, uh, do you, am I on the half hour power? No, not, not yet. Quite. No, I said best okay, show. Sir. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, I'm just wondering, you ever sit around and listen to those conversations where people who are thriving to be in the industry, like do their own projects and stuff, mm-hmm. and they talk about it so confidently. Do you ever feel, what do you feel like when they've referenced things that you love or uh, things that you care about as they're motivating, but you can tell that their content will be much less than that. Is that... Um, what? Is, what are you talking you, about? <laughs> you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm a filmmaker, I want to mm. be like Quentin Tarantino, or I want to be like Stone. Sure, so. sure. And does that frustrate you to the point where you want to give up, or does that frustrate you to the point where you want to make them look foolish by doing something better look you for two this is a two-parter first of all you got to just worry worry about uh, your stuff don't worry about other people right but secondly and more importantly so you're hearing all these conversations huh yeah right eavesdropping right Uh uh-huh hearing those people in their private discussions right well, they talk right. quite loud yeah. on purpose. Right. Oh, they're talking quite loud in their house, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But there you are on your little step stool, right? Creeping your neck up over the, the, the ledge, looking in, right? Trying see, to be a part of it. Seeing what you can see. Right. Peeping. Peeping up a storm. Maybe you hear some, you hear some stories. Yeah, oh, this one guy, he's talking about how he wants to be Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, what's he watching? Oh, look, he's watching Inglorious Bastards. I wouldn't mind watching a little bit of this. 
through the can are you can you watch is it satisfying for you to just watch like a a movie that's not like through a window now that you can hear like is that well, that and not at a weird like when you go to a movie theater do you sit in the front row to the absolute left or absolute right so that you can replicate the way you normally watch movies like at weird angles through windows yeah peeper get off my phone Peepers make me sick. Right, Mike? Well, my friends, the time has come for the best show to end. I'm gonna calm down. Oh, this guy. Yeah. A real, uh, a real Bob Morton out there running the show. Really good. Don't worry. I got my, uh, he's, uh, the, what's his name? Running the Tonight Show. Right? Who ran the Tonight Show? Greta Van Susteren. What was her name? The guy's name? What? Yeah. The guy. Don Van, no. The producer of the Tonight Show. I can't remember what his name was. Fred DeCordova. Thank you. Here are the winners of the tickets. These people have won a pair of tickets to the cities that they will, uh, and they will, uh, they will see Sharpling and Worcester live. And everybody else, if you didn't get your uh, tickets, I'm telling you, man, you go to, uh, Sharpling and Worcester. No, you go to stereolaughs.com, L-A-F-F-S, slash tour. And all the links are there for the tickets. Seattle on August 27th, Numos. The 29th at, uh, uh, Doug Fur in Portland. Then taking the, then taking the show down to, uh, down to San Francisco. And Sharpling and Worcester will be live at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco on Thursday, September 3rd, and then closing it out Saturday, September 5th in Los Angeles. Go see these shows. The winners of the tickets, Seattle, CJ, at a database animal, one for Seattle. Got, uh, Portland, uh, Peppy, oh, uh, Ward, Warded, I don't even know what this is, Warded Talls, Warded Halls, something about yoga pants. Then, uh, San Francisco, uh, Winston at the Palmer Feed. What's this, a shrimp connect? Mike's making his more shrimp connections. And another somebody else promised him free shrimp in Los Angeles, Tito Perez. So congratulations, you people have won a pair of tickets. We will get in touch with you. Um, thanks for listening. The best show will be back next week. Fun times. There's a fun show. Right, Mike? Yeah. Right, Dudio? Right, Pat? And we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The Half Hour of Power is coming up next. Call 201-332-3484. Unscreened, rapid-fire phone calls with our special guest, who? Dave from Knoxville. That's right. Stay tuned. It's in studio. We'll talk to him on the Half Hour of Power. 
I'm going to send us all out listening to a song from the new album by No Joy uh, called More Faithful on the Mexican Summer album. Here's Remember Nothing. (laughs) 